we are checkmates. Lower your iPod and surrender your time. Your enthusiasm and passion for Star Trek will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trekmate Podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne Emery. My name's Mark Stamper. And my name's Paul Drinkwater. Ah, the whole team's back again. Yes, welcome back, Paul. Yay. Yeah, nice to have you here, Paul. Nice to be here. <laughs> uh, so, how have you been keeping long since it's uh, been a little while? How have you been? Well, it's been two weeks with some fucker trying to sue me, but apart from that, absolutely fine. Oh dear. Oh dear. What's you... going on there, then? It's all to do with that bloody sign, ain't it? Sign? Yeah, no, you said that uh, sexual harassment... Uh, <laughs> uh, sexual harassment in this area will not be reported. Uh, However, They went be... against that rule, didn't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, just uh, a few problems at uh, the old workstead that um, um, my sister's now dealing with it, so... So it's nothing that you can discuss on air? <laughs> Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> no. How, how much I would love to. How much I would love to go into the nitty-gritty details about how much I would like to pummel a certain someone's face into 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 a plasma relay. But okay. no, I can't, I'm afraid. Okay, where can we send um, audio clips of threatening behaviour? Quark. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> oh dear! But outside of work, you've been keeping well. I don't know. I haven't had much time outside of work recently. Oh dear! <laughs> oh dear! So, how have you been, well, Mark? In the last couple of weeks, that I know what to do with. <laughs> oh well, hopefully it will die down soon. And do you know what I'm like with my sleep? I've been getting up at six o'clock. I've been getting home at half past six. I've been asleep by seven o'clock. I'm not surprised. It was like one endless work day. Work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. Yeah. Oh, uh. How everybody else, though? That's enough for me to pitch it on. Yeah, how have you been, Mark? Uh, busy. Been been a very busy week uh, with work and whatnot, but um, a busy week podcasting. I'm I'm everywhere this week. You can't miss Mark this no, week. No, no. So obviously I was on, on the Trekmate show last week, uh, which was published Sunday, of course. And then I was on Supplemental. And then I'm on 
10 forward, which by the time you've listened to this uh, will have been published. That'll be published on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have this show again on Sunday. And then I'm on previously on the Alpha Quadrant on Monday. So a lot of recording and a lot of editing uh, this week. But uh, it's, it's all been good. All been good. That's really, really enjoyed going on 10 forward and doing my uh, Desert Island trek. That was a yeah. lot of fun. And uh, nice to be on that show for the first time. And uh, had a really good time with Adam and Paul on previously as well. So uh, all good. So pretty much, if you're not a Mark fan, you're stuffed this week. You're absolutely buggered. So uh, <laughs> it, it will return to uh, the the normal sort of two shows next week. <laughs> oh dear. No, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it because uh, we speak to each other so often, and I, I enjoyed uh, hearing it when uh, like the guys that I speak to are on the other pods. Yeah, something new, isn't it? Something you haven't heard before. So it was nice when. Uh, I was able to hear 10 forward fresh last week because I didn't do the editing on that. You did. So uh, yes. it's, it's always nice when you when you get to hear a show that uh, you haven't heard before. It does make it a difference. No, it, it really does because you're hearing it just like a listener. And, uh, yeah, it's good fun. But still, that's the thing. I wouldn't... Uh, but it, I still enjoy it just as much uh, doing it and then listening to it afterwards. So. Yeah. No. What about you? How have you been, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Been plodding on, uh, just work as usual, and then uh, as well as that, just been busy with all the normal family stuff, really. How's your lady doing with her pregnancy? Yeah, no, she had a rough week last week. She, uh, the baby decided to uh, lay on a nerve, and she could hardly move for a day and a half. Oh no! So uh, yeah, she was in absolute agony, but luckily since then. Uh, baby hasn't uh, has been behaving more, but then she did decide to uh, trip over at the end of last week. Oh no! Yeah, she, it was fine. She never hit her stomach or anything, but because of the jolt, and we know Leanne's O negative and I'm A positive, it was okay. Got to go to the hospital and get an anti D injection just in yeah. case. Oh. So still, that's the thing. It was a. Uh, an eventful week last week, but still we, now, we muddled through. Is it another little girl you're having? It is another little girl. Now, have you taken into consideration any of the ideas for names that I gave you? We are not calling it Paulina. No, 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 I sent you Lita. <laughs> uh, I sent you about four names. I sent you Lita, Jadzia, uh, uh, Kira. Yeah, no, the thing is, though... Um, Leanne's quite tolerant of the amount of time that I spend podcasting, so I don't think I could also wing calling her Dax. Oh. <laughs> what about uh, JD from uh, from In the Wilderness? He managed to get oh. away calling his daughter Esri. I know. I don't know how he done it. Really? Uh, he, yeah, his daughter was called Esri. It's a nice name, actually. And I, said, oh, I, beautiful. and I said that to my missus, and she went, oh, that's quite a nice name, actually. I think, yeah. it's, really, I think it's really nice. Oh, I prefer Jadzia. Mm. Yeah, but as I, a, I like I like both. As I a like working name, though, I think it, I I think I prefer Esri. Yeah, but still, no, I uh, no, we we have got the name that we want, and it, it? It, I'm not saying I'm whisper not, it. No, no, it's uh, but it's a lovely name. It, it, that's all I can say. Is it's it is it's it's not your stereotypical Jenna. name, and it's. No. <laughs> no. That's a lovely... Chloe. No. 
No, no, you're never going to... Yeah, no, the only thing that uh, we worry about is that they've got the sex wrong and we, 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 we're we useless for boys' names. Yeah. We yeah, couldn't agree in the slightest. Paul! <laughs> yeah, trust me, that ain't happening. <laughs> Mark's a good solid name for a boy. <laughs> yeah, but that's also the, uh, the, the granddad's name as well. Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah, no, we're not doing family names. <laughs> we like let's think we done it with Amy we said we're not naming Amy after anyone because then there's no oh you named her after oh, her and it's like no we're not getting into that no, but still uh, yeah no and just been really busy as you have been Mark with uh, lots of Trekmate stuff yeah, we've got a lot to report on when it comes around to the news. Yes, we have. So uh, let's head on over there then, shall we? I think that's yeah. a good idea. Time for Trek News on the Trekmate Podcast. Yes, and it's that time of the week again where we give you the week's news. Now, unfortunately, Paul's internet's playing up, so he's not going to be able to actually read anything this week. Sorry, but I did provide some articles earlier today. You, you did, did do you your did. homework. You did do your homework. Very well done, Paul. Yes, we we most appreciate it. Um, so, this week uh, saw the release of Season 6 of Star Trek Online. Whoopee! Yeah, so Under Siege has uh, taken uh, taken action now. So uh, what it's um, introduced is uh, some fleet advancement systems. What does that mean, Paul? I have absolutely no idea. I haven't had a fleet. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Unfortunately, well, I... if you've got a fleet, you'll be able to advance them now. So. Okay, well, I'll read you what it says. For the first time ever, fleets will begin construction of fleet holdings. Wow. So, starting with a starbase, your home port in the vastness of space. To do so, they must undertake construction projects throughout the fleet advancement system, which has projects for fleets of all sizes. No, they're not. That's a lie. It's not fleets of all sizes. It's fleets of five or more. You can't have a fleet of one, otherwise I would be fleet pool. <laughs> okay. That's true. So, uh, they've, it, it also includes... That's the thing, unfortunately I don't play a lot of Star Trek Online, so I'm not going to be able to give you loads of details. No. But, um, so, but there's uh, new fleet events uh, going to be happening. There's... New max level content, so if you're at the top level, you can get more content. Uh, also, the Tholians uh, are now included in there, so you can fight the uh, the Tholians. And uh, apparently, there's Foundry updates. I'm sorry, it's not very informative. I don't know Star Trek Online that well. I've got it installed. <laughs> I've probably played about 15 hours, but I've just muddled through. Yeah, it's the same. I haven't played for a few months, and I just went on and sort of muddled through and yeah, just but... managed to run around and shoot stuff, but I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. It was good fun, though, and I, I would like to try and get back into it. It's just having the time, that's the problem. I know, that's the thing. It's a question of, 
I died down the hours that I was playing on Star Trek Online when I started podcasting because I couldn't exactly turn around and say, I tell you what, honey, I'm going to do all this podcasting plus 20 hours of online gaming. That just would not go down well. Chicken. Yeah, so... uh, But what I would recommend is if you do want to know full details on the Star Trek Online uh, updates... Uh, check out uh, our friend Colin from Trek News and Views' new show. He's got uh, Decade, which is dedicated specifically to Star Trek Online. So, uh, well worth a listen if you want in uh, the latest news and tips on the game as well. So, maybe we should pay attention, Mark. Yes, maybe we should. (laughs) Okay, I've got just a small story here, just a a little uh, Robert Picardo story. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I he's. Like, I want to pass on my condolences. This is very sad. Yes, he's uh, filed for divorce from his wife after 27 years of marriage. That is well, quite sad well, after that amount of time. Sorry. Yeah, they've been. So, sorry, Paul. I was one when they got married. <laughs> yeah, I was ten. So uh, yeah, they've uh, been married for 27 years and. He's filed for divorce, uh, citing irre- irreconcilable differences, whatever the hell that means. You know, that's just... That's that the thing. That's almost it. anything. That's, uh, that's... I'm not going into details. Realise yeah. he didn't like her. Well, no, it's, you don't realise that after 25 years. It either yeah. becomes unbearable or someone's cheated on someone yeah. or there's problems. But they, to be honest, they're doing it the uh, best way possible and just... Being very uh, yeah, just being discreet about discreet it. Discreet yeah. about it. There's yeah, no need to shout and holler. No, it's no, it's no one else's business, is it? So uh, they've got two daughters, but uh, there won't be any sort of custody battle because uh, they're 20 and 23. So uh, at least that's something. Yeah. Paul, I think you'll find the point is uh, they are no longer each other's uh, sunshine. Yeah. No, it's gone, Paul. It's midnight. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, no, uh, very sad to hear that. Uh, Also, uh, a while back, uh, for a little while, there's been a Kickstarter campaign uh, for an independent film called Space Command uh, going on. They were trying to raise an initial goal of $75,000 to try and raise funds to make the film because it's going to actually be by... Uh, Mark's, uh, Mark Scott Sickery, uh, and they have actually managed to raise $221,267. That's a result, isn't it? It's three times their original goal. That's the thing. Yeah, they, brilliant. they really have uh, blown it apart. And it's nice to see projects like this going forward with um, uh, Kickstarter because... That's the thing. If the studios aren't willing to back things and people can make their own content free of people influencing it, then it's brilliant. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know, uh, Zikri is uh, also someone who uh, wrote for Star Trek Next Generation. So, uh, And he's being joined by uh, producer Doug Drexler, who... um, provided visual effects for Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise and Battlestar Galactica. 
Yeah, there's a video. If you go to trekmovie.com, they've got a little uh, video effects, little trailer thing. Yeah. And it looks... I mean, it looks pretty damn good if you've watched that little trailer. It really, for an independent, it really it does. It looks amazing, yeah. It really does. And the um, also uh, going to be starring uh, in it is a couple of well-known actors that you might have heard of, uh, Armin Shimmerman and Ethan Phillips. Awesome. I might, I might have heard of those guys. Yeah, somewhere around the uh, the line, you may have uh, bumped into them. Yeah. So, so that's brilliant news. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So congratulations to them guys. And uh, yeah, we've got a little uh, George Takei story. Uh, he's uh, blasts the uh, Boy Scouts of America for upholding an anti-gay policy. Damn right too. Yeah. He said, uh, this is of course the same justification used to prevent minorities from eating in restaurants during the Jim Crow years, he says. I don't know who Jim Crow is, but there you go. No, it, well, it's someone that the American listeners would know. Yeah. So I'll just read out the story. So uh, former Eagle Scout George Takei, best known as Sulu from uh, the original Star Trek series, of course, mm-hmm. uh, spoke out against the Boy Scouts of America uh, this week uh, on their announcement that they will continue to ban openly gay people. To be honest, um, if that's how they want to behave, who would want to be in the Boy Scouts? Yeah, and that's yeah, that's it. And he's you know the thing. Um, he, he took part in uh, the gay, par- uh, gay pride parade mm-hmm. in New York City last month, wearing uh, a scout uniform because uh, he was uh, he was a scout as a teenager, and you know that he very much revered that organisation. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing; they teach so many wonderful things. Yeah. And it's just a shame that either they're stuck in the dark ages, or the people that actually control the management of yeah. uh, the teams are absolute bigots. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I mean, my daughter's a cub and my wife's a cub leader. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they're very much involved in the whole scout movement. So, yeah, they're, they're, con- they're continuing to uh, openly speak out against gay people, uh, openly gay people. Are we a bit more uh, laid back in that front over here? Or, or is it just not even addressed? It's just not even an issue. Yeah, so... It's just... It's like having uh, gay people in the armed forces. It's just, it's not an issue. Yeah. I think in America they have a don't ask, don't tell policy. Here, it's just not an issue. It's yeah, just but... not asked. We don't care. No, exactly. Can you hold a gun and will you fight? Yes. Right, you're in. That's that's pretty much it, no. regardless of, of anything else. So uh... Exactly. And to be honest, the don't ask, don't, don't tell uh, scenario from America probably does more damage than... Yeah, it does. Yeah. Not having any yeah. policy on. So uh, yeah, so uh, George Takei says uh, these policies by the BSA, so that's the Boy Scout Association, reinforce that gay people are unfit to be part of this national organisation because of who they are. They perpetuate the irresponsible and unsupportable stereotype that gay people prey upon children, and they must be met with staunch resistance until they fall. Well, absolutely right. Good for George for. Uh, it's very much like George to do that and, and stand up for that. So uh, good on him for doing that. That's the thing. I have the utmost respect for. Uh, Mrs. K. So, yeah. very well done. Uh, and uh, obviously, that's the thing. It's just not needed in this day and age. So, still. Uh, also, another bit of news. Uh, a couple of bits of uh, comic news for people out there. Uh, we've just had the previews of October's releases uh, that are going to be coming out. Um, there's going to be a hardcover uh, copy of the Star Trek newspaper strips 
is the complete collection that ran in newspapers from 1979 to 1981. So I'm not sure if if this is the first time they've ever actually been published other than uh, in the um, newspapers. So, but that'll be nice to see real like page out of history uh, coming to you, and that'll be uh, coming. Uh, in October, hardcover, 264 pages with a retail price of $49. Cool. Uh, also, they've gave a preview of Star Trek number 14, which will be coming out. So, uh, continuing the countdown to the uh, blockbuster that will be 2013's uh, Star Trek movie, as well as they've released a uh, front cover for n- uh, number two of the hive another cool uh, cool picture following on from the second one and it yeah looked, the first the artwork on the first one looked awesome then this one's rival rivals it just as much there's they've got two alternative covers at the moment and uh, they're both including uh, uh so and it looks Let's scroll down now. oh yeah that does look nice doesn't it that looks Absolutely beautiful. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. As well as uh, just previewing number six of uh, uh, the Doctor Who Star Trek crossover, Assimilation Squared. Yeah. So, uh, and to be honest, uh, I will keep you updated on that. Number one uh, was a good read. So, I'll I'll keep you fully up to date. So, uh, and... No, I won't go into that just yet. I'll wait until our news bit. Okay, uh, I've got another little bit here, and that's the Trek Nation documentary. is now available for digital download on iTunes, Xbox Live, YouTube, and something called Voodoo. V-U-D-U. I've never heard of Voodoo. Do anyone else know what that is? It's somewhere where you can download videos. I, I would have I've... thought it's probably bigger in other territories than yeah, our own. Yeah, never heard of it, but uh, yeah... So uh, this was a documentary uh, made by Rod Roddenberry, uh, which is, of course, Gene Roddenberry's son. Uh, it's a documentary he's made over the last 10 years. Um, where It follows him as he, he goes around and discovers what uh, his father's creation means to the fans. So uh, I'd really like to see that. So, uh, yeah, that, that's uh, worth checking out. I think. Yeah, that's, it's, uh, that's already downloaded and waiting to be watched. So oh, OK, excellent. Yeah, no, I'm uh, looking I think forward. I, might, I think I might go and uh, pick that up. Yeah, uh, definitely. So uh, when I get round to it, I'll uh, get that watch. And to be honest, it's something that I've been looking forward to watching for a long time, long time because he's been uh, pimping it for quite a while as he's yeah, been, he has. yeah, uh, like getting everything together. So it's going to be interesting. Apparently, it's quite a moving piece. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'll really look forward to watching that. Yeah, same here. Also, there's uh, been released, uh, since we've got uh, Season 1 of Star Trek Next Generation coming out on Blu-ray next week. It is next week, isn't it? It is, uh, 23rd, yeah, so Monday. Yeah, Yeah. it is. No, not far away. Uh, They've actually released uh, cover art for Season 2. So, uh, they've released cover art as well as a uh, trailer for it. So, to be honest, I think we could get this before the end of the year. I think by Christmas, it was like uh, I was saying the other day when I've got a... Uh, my birthday is literally right before Christmas. I'm probably not going to buy season one 
in the next couple of months I'll probably because I want to save my money for Star Trek London. But if mm-hmm. the season one and season two by Christmas, that's just perfect. Season one for birthday, season two for Christmas, sorted. Yeah, no, definitely. Because they're saying aside from the 22 uh, episodes from season two, they're going to also uh, include uh, special features such as a roundtable discussion featuring the entire TNG cast. Including uh, Patrick Stewart, Brent Spiner, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sersis, Michael Dawn, Gates McFadden, and Will Wheaton. Excellent. So that'll be good fun. Though uh, they shouldn't really have Gates on it. She wasn't on season two. She wasn't. That's right. They should have uh, Diana Muldaur in, but uh, yeah. Obviously, she uh, she probably wasn't available. Yeah. No. But still, that's uh, they haven't released a release date, but. To be honest, when they're throwing bits of information out like that, it looks promising. Yes, it does. So, so I'm just watching the trailer now, and they just had bits of uh, Q Who on there. No, no. And the measure of a man. So, I, I mean, Q Who would be awesome in HD. That's the thing. I think the team that they've got working on it are going to pretty much try and churn out two or three a year. Yeah. At least. At yeah. least. Wouldn't surprise me if, if they're doing it at this sort of rate, they might be able to get four out next year. You never know. I would say three uh, would be a better shot. Three, yeah. So that means by the end of next year. So by the middle of 2014, we'd have all seven series yeah. of TNG. And then I think it's probably time to start on Deep Space Nine. I think that's the thing. I think it's going to end up being a natural progression to just finish. Once, once you've done one. Order. Yeah, once you've done one, you might as well do the rest. But then give it 10 years and they'll be putting together the... Um, New high high definition. Yeah, super version. deep blue ray to make us buy it all again. Mm-hmm. Still looks amazing, so uh, excellent. I think that probably is quite a nice little clue that it could potentially be out by the uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, that's the thing. Just some little snippets give you <clears throat> enough hope. Yeah, let's hope so. Really does. So, uh, yeah, not a bad after yeah, not the last a bad, weeks. Yeah, uh, after the last few weeks, that's a a nice little bit of news this week. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, quite happy with that. And to be honest, there is plenty of Trekmate news this week as well. There is. Uh, did you want to kick us off then, Mark? Yes, yeah, so uh, as, as some of the more eagle-eyed uh, listeners and uh, website visitors will see, we now have a poll on, on the website where you can vote for uh, which supplemental episode you'd like us to review next. So for those of you who asked for it, we now have polls. So please head on over there to trekmate.org.uk and uh, get your vote in. So we will be recording the first episode that we voted on was for Enterprise, and we're going to be reviewing Twilight, so that'll be out on Wednesday Supplemental. Mm-hmm. And we have at the moment a TOS poll up. Now, the poll will actually finish on Monday evening, so that's Monday the 23rd, because that's when we'll be doing the recording of the Enterprise episode, and we always like to announce the next episode then. So depending on when you've listened to this, Hopefully you've downloaded this early on Sunday and you've got time to uh, head on over to vote. So that poll will close at about 10pm on Monday the 23rd. So head on over there and uh, vote for which TOS episode you'd like us to review. We have an episode clearly in the lead at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, where no man has gone before. So if you like that episode, go over and uh, vote for that. But if there's another one in the list that you'd prefer, then uh, equally uh, go over and vote for that. I was going to go and vote for Where No Man Has Gone Before, but now I'm thinking it out before I cast my vote. Okay. I, I'm I'm weighing it up in my head. 
but still. Yeah, no, so that's a great uh, great piece of news. Everybody get get involved and uh, have your voice heard. No, brilliant. Also, uh, speaking of enjoying pods that uh, we're not in and hearing each other on other pods, I also done an extra pod last week. You did. I did, and that was with our brand new co-hosts, JD and Fez, all the way from Down Under, uh, in the new Trekmate show, Trekmate in the Wilderness. Yeah, really enjoyed that. It was a really enjoyable episode that you wrote. Yeah, I had a great time talking to the guys. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh, catch episode zero either on our feed. It, it, it came out in the middle of the week. Uh, or you can also go to our website, iTunes or Stitcher, and um, uh, find them on there. Just search Trekmate in the Wilderness. And uh, to be honest, it's going to be a fantastic pod. I've just got a feeling. Yeah, me too. So that, that's going to be released on a Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but depending on when you've downloaded this, uh, you, you have, won't have very long to wait at all, or it may already be out. So, yeah, head on over there and subscribe in whichever way you normally do. So if you subscribe by the feeds on the website, go over and do it, or just like Mark Wayne said, search for Trekmate on iTunes and you'll find it there. Or mm-hmm. uh, it's also on Stitcher. It, 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 yeah, it is. And uh, to be honest, uh, the basic premise uh, of the show is they are a Deep Space Nine dedicated podcast. I know there are a few out there. There are. Uh, there are a few out there, so it's a tough market. But they have got their own twist on things. Yeah, uh, yeah they certainly do. They really do, and they're going to be taking subjects each week regarding Deep Space Nine, analysing that subject or person, and then reviewing an episode that highlights that specific subject, and I we've all we've listened to episode one, and it's fantastic. It really is. I can't recommend this enough. If you found that some of the other pods out there aren't quite up to what you would want, this is the Deep this Space is, Nine yeah, pod for this, you. Yeah, this is the one for you. It's a really, really good, enjoyable show. So uh, look out for that every Tuesday. Yes. And uh, speaking of new pods, there's no need to panic just yet, but give it a week or two and you'll have a, another brand new pod to look out for. We, we filled the seventh day of the week. We said we'd do it and we've done it. Yes, we have. Uh, in collaboration between myself and Carl Stark from StolenDroids.com uh, and the Stolen Droids podcast, uh, we are going to be providing you uh, your seventh Trekmate pod, which is going to be released every Saturday, which is going to be the holodeck. So it's going to be a pod that uh, we're going to basically be concentrating on some of the points that other pods don't dedicate as much time to. So it's we're going to be concentrating on the Star Trek comics. I always said that I wanted to... Yeah, you, speak you more have. in depth. Yeah, you but, have. But the thing is, there's no point in me sitting here speaking to everyone who's never read a Star Trek comic. So uh, Carl Stark is a, a big comic uh, nerd as well. So it's going to be great to talk to him about that. We're also going to be discussing uh, the Star Trek books. Uh, I know that the uh, Ten Forward guys are going to be doing their book reviews, but we'll just be more we're not actually giving 
a book club sort of feel like they're going to be all just discuss in general. Uh, also, we're going to be discussing uh, previous and present Star Trek games as well. So uh, it's I'm really looking forward to getting this going. So uh, keep an eye on your feed. Episode zero will be out there at some point shortly. Yeah, and uh, speaking of podcasts, it's just to uh, remind everyone that uh, the supplemental show is uh, released on a Wednesday. So yes. if you're not if you're not already listening, then uh, head on over to iTunes, search for Trekmate, find sub- supplemental podcast, and give it a listen. Definitely, and it's well worth a listen, guys, because that's the thing. I've got uh, with supplemental, I've got this relationship with it where uh, I'm on pretty much everyone, but then uh, there are a few where I can't make it just because of yeah. scheduling conflicts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get to listen to it from an outsider point of view. And I have to say, Mark, it's an absolutely brilliant pod that you run there. Oh, well, it's, thank you. Thank you. So I've, 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 I think we've done six or seven now. I'll have to check. I think we've done six or seven since I took it over, since it went uh, regular. And uh, we've, had, we've had some pretty good feedback for it. I think yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you uh, used to listen to Supplemental when it was just in the main feed, uh, it's a totally different beast now. It's uh, that's it, it, Mark has really gave it its own uh, own feel, and it is it's it's a very separate show. You don't yeah. need to listen to if you've only got time to listen to an hour pod one week. Uh, whack on supplemental. Yeah, it's usually around about an hour or so. Usually about anywhere between about fifty minutes and about an hour and fifteen. So it just depends on the episode and uh, and who we have on as well. Yeah, exactly. So, and you'll quite often see other members of the family popping on there as well. Oh yeah, very regularly. So uh, yeah, obviously the episode we released Wednesday just gone was timeless, and we had our uh, good friend from previously in the Alpha, uh, Paul Finch. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was a good fun pod. I enjoyed that one. It was good, good fun to record. It it really was. It, it's always great to catch up with Paul, uh, and it was great to uh, do a pod with him. So yeah, no, I. Uh, can't recommend it enough, guys. Make sure that you hop on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you grab your podcasts from, and either search for Trekmate Supplemental or just uh, grab it off of the website. Speaking of the website, we are soon going to be changing the website. Yes, there's going to be a few. There's going to be a few style changes going on. You may have no, you may have noticed over time there's one or two little things happening um and we are going to be introducing a couple of of new features Mm -hmm. uh one of which is a forum yes there's been a lot of call for it lately yeah and we we always said that when there was enough demand that is when we would look at it yeah and we have looked at it and uh, paul finch has done pretty much all of the work on it and i have to say it looks amazing. It's not. It isn't quite there. I, I think it looks amazing. It is, but Paul's a real perfectionist, so he wants to tweak it and get it there. But we are in the process of uh, beta testing it, and a few of the listeners um, have got access to that to that beta site. So we are putting it through its paces to see uh, how it works. But so far, it's working. I mean, it's working perfectly. It's just a case of tweaking the design and the look and feel here and there. So mm-hmm. I'd I'd hope probably within about the next. Knowing Paul Finch, you'll you'll go hell for leather to get that done pretty quickly because he's really good like that. So I reckon within about the next week or so, you'll see that uh, appear on the website. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it's even up there almost when this pod goes up. 
because I wouldn't when, put when, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Paul. No, when uh, when Paul uh, puts his head down, he uh, gets things done. Yeah, he does absolutely. And so. It looks amazing. So for all of the all of those of you out there who've been saying, "Can we have a forum? Can we have a forum? Can we have a forum? We'd like a forum." Yes, we've got a forum, or we will do very soon. So yes. uh, don't uh, say we don't listen to you. Yeah, exactly. And also, what I'd also like to say is if you have been scared off by uh, forums previously, very techy, very, oh my God, what are we doing? Sort Difficult of forums. to navigate, yeah. Yeah, yeah never yeah. not quite sure what's going on. At least pop on. You don't need to have an account to just browse through. You, you do need an account to uh, post. Yeah. But uh, have a look at it because it's very different from uh, your standard forum. Absolutely. Uh, and personally, I find it very user-friendly. Yes. Most of them, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a techie person and I go onto most forums and it's like, oh, Christ, I've got no idea where I'm supposed to be going at all and they're just really confusing. But this looks, it's just nice and clear and simple and bold. Styling looks really good. Uh, it's just amazing. So I'm sure that's going to be very, very popular. Yes, very much so. And there will be uh, some more uh, website stuff. There's more stuff going on behind the scenes. Yes, always is. Yeah, so uh, make sure that uh, you keep checking the website and uh, uh, listening to us because we're going to be telling you. Also, uh, just as a point of uh, notice as well, the features section on the website. Yes. we, uh, I know that when we first done it, Mark was kind enough to put together a feature uh, for uh, the uh, uh, trekmate.org.uk, uh, and it, that was on the Borg, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes. It was, and that was a very enjoyable piece. And we have been a bit slack. We've only uh, done one uh, other article that was uh, featuring Gail, uh, Gail Gerrard's uh, knitting stuff. That yeah, put that together. Cool. I like that. Though what we are now doing is everyone uh, who hosts a pod in the Trekmate family is digging in and going to be uh, writing a feature for you every week. So make sure that you keep coming back to the website because we're going to be putting new content up there. Something to get you thinking. Something. That's the thing. Everyone has got a very different style and very different ideas of what they're doing. So uh, by the time that this goes up. Uh, on Sunday, you've only got 24 hours to wait until you can read the article that I just finished. Yep, yeah, and I've already started work on mine, so they're going to go out uh, every Monday. So keep an eye on the website, keep an eye out on the Twitter account because we will uh, we will tweet about it and just remind you that it's there. But uh, watch out for that. So yeah, a new feature, uh, at, well, at least one feature every week. You never know, the extra odd one or two little surprises might pop up here and there as well. So yeah, we we. Uh, we realised we put that in. We didn't. We were doing a lot of other stuff, but uh, now we've got enough people in the family. You know, we think we can handle that. We can write one feature every twelve weeks. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. We've we've been so busy with building other things for the website, with starting new pods, with everything. But unfortunately, the features section did get a bit bogged down and it did. ignored. It did. So, but no more. So the the, the Trekmate family website is going to be your number one spot. stop. And remember, if you do want to keep up with the latest track news as well, we do list uh, news uh, on there that's uh, hosted from uh, other websites, sourced from uh, 
uh, Trek News and uh, from StarTrek.com. So we, we want to be your hub. Your hub for everything Trekkie. Yes, absolutely. And we're um, getting there. We're getting there pretty we quickly are. as well. We are. And also, I think it's uh, this is also a good point to um, just... Uh, like mention the um, the new website that Paul's also built. Um, yes, yes. So there is a new another new website. So that's uh, Star Trek Podcasts dot com. Yes, it is very much uh, going to be. It, we're trying to use it as a hub for uh, for Star Trek pods. Uh, so basically, that people can whoever. To be honest, the listeners that we've got now. It's not going to affect you as much. It looks bloody lovely. So go over there and check it out and make sure that you uh, have a look because it is absolutely gorgeous. And also it will inspire you to look at other pods maybe that you yes. uh, uh, that you don't listen to already. Uh, but it, it is very much to try and hook in some new listeners yes. uh, as well. So it's all around, it's all around uh, about being a making us easy to find on search engines, but also uh, bringing in other Trek podcasts and, and other Geekery-type podcasts as well. Yeah, exactly. We want to help out uh, featuring uh, other pods uh, in re- in return for them helping pimp us out yeah. as well. Well, that's the thing. The, the podcast community that's out there at the moment, we're all very much in each other's pockets. Yeah, we are. So it's there's no, there's no community. It is. I mean, there's no. I mean, we've mentioned this before. There's no rivalry at all no. between any of the Star Trek podcasts because let's face it, most of us listen to everyone else's podcasts, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we really do. We, and that's the thing. There's. Uh, every, it's funny because when you do speak about it, it is. I. It's like I personally listen to the Ready Room, Dork Trek to. Delta Quadrant to Trek News Views to Treknologic to uh, there are so many that I do listen to. Yeah. And when you speak to the other hosts, they do exactly the same. Yes, it's, we're all listening to uh, everyone else's show. So uh, yeah, we are a very tight knit bunch. But as that, you know, like I said, there's absolutely no competition at all. So no, exactly. I, I, there's there's the you know the more Star Trek podcasts out there, the better, and the more that we can uh, help promote each other then uh, the bet- the better for everyone really. yeah exactly so if you are running uh, another pod and you want uh, check out StarTrekPodcasts.com and if you're able to uh, do a little bit of uh, cross promotion with us then we're more than happy to have you up there because uh, it, it's a win-win situation for everyone it is yeah so check that out StarTrekPodcasts.com and uh, once again to be honest, Mark, I don't think we can thank uh, Paul and Adam enough. Oh, they've done an absolutely fantastic job. They really, really have. We we couldn't have, we couldn't have got this far without them. That's, that's the thing because that's personally, sure. I put my hands up and say I can't. I wouldn't have been where I am now without you either, Mark, because you've done so much as well. Oh well, thank you. No, I. That's the thing. I'm. I'm the, I'm the thick one that just comes up with ideas. You guys are the ones that make the magic happen. But and uh, but they, those two have worked tirelessly yeah, for us. They absolutely have. I mean, it's a it's a hell of a lot of work doing all this. I mean, it's absolutely worth it. I mean, I love doing it, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. I didn't. I think when I when you first uh, when you said to me, 
back in February and we just finished recording a normal show and you just casually said, so are you going to come on full time then? Or what? Yeah. And I just went, yeah, all right then. Yeah. Well, I'll speak to you next week. Yeah, okay. And I, did, I, I think I sort of underestimated the amount of work, but um, I love every minute. I, I really enjoy doing it. So yeah. It's oh, no, I wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change a thing. Other than uh, maybe if we could get paid for it and give up our day job. Well, yeah, I've often I've said I've said that a couple of times to the missus. I, said, I wonder if I could make some money out of doing this. <laughs> I'd, quite, I'd, quite, I'd quite happily sit at home and do, and record and edit and do stuff on the website and uh, get paid handsomely for it. That oh, would be that thing. would be a dream job, wouldn't it? If anyone wants a funder, so I'd more than happily sit here and uh, talk for seven hours a day. Yeah, easily <laughs> do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, and also um, one other thing I did want to just uh, iterate one more time before uh, buttons start to get pushed and uh, things start to go ahead uh, we want your suggestions for if you have a charity that you uh, support regularly and you would like us to help out because we are going to be doing a charity event we are at some soon. point very soon and we will be releasing details uh, please let us know because I... I've been trying to think, Mark, I'm not sure if we should just support one big charity or maybe uh, split our funds that we end up raising between two. Could uh, do, could do. I mean, it depends what depends what the listeners think. I mean, it would be good because we are an international pod. It would be good if it was an international charity. So, yeah, you know, or, I, don't, I don't want to put ideas in people's heads, but something international like the Red Cross or Amnesty International or, I mean, there's thousands of good charities, but. Yeah, you know, really send, send, send us your suggestions. Let us yeah. know, and uh, yeah, that's who we'll support. Yes, and uh, so uh, keep your ears out because it'll be something exciting coming up. It will. Yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty much all of the news. There was a lot of news this week after after the, you know, the sort of desperately trying to find stuff uh, the last few weeks and having a quick ten minute news section. We've uh, managed to talk for quite a while there. Which, yeah, which is have. good. It's always, always nice to have some, uh, <coughs> excuse me, have some uh, Trek news and some Trekmate news as well. And there's a, been quite a lot of both this week. There has been a hell of a lot. Um, and also one other bit of news. Uh, unfortunately, Paul's fallen asleep. Yes, he has. So you might have heard him go a little bit quiet. Um, well, he didn't actually say much at all, even when he was awake. But yeah, he dropped off, I'm afraid, and we couldn't wake him up. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure there'll probably be a blooper of us, James. Just going, Paul. Paul. Yeah, zip along to the end of the show and. Uh... Yeah, no, no. Listen to the rest of it first. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't go straight there now. Listen to the show and look forward to hearing that at the end. Yeah. Yeah, but saying that, don't expect any uh, Paul drunken gems. He's literally just sleeping. So um, yeah, if you're listening to this, Paul, at least you're awake. <laughs> so, but no. Uh, so now that's the news. It's time to head on over to the emails. Do you love music? Have you found yourself saying this? You know, popular music just doesn't have enough Star Trek or sci-fi references. Ain't got no Kirk, ain't got no Spock, just some Romulans to fight. Cause we're TNG. Saturday night, TNG, we're out of sight. Well, 
you're in good company. And you're in luck because now you can have your great music and geeky references by simply going to StarTrekParodies.com. Yep, that's right. I was tired of waiting around for my favorite artists to write Star Trek songs. So I borrowed their music and I made it myself. And now you can enjoy it for free. Check out hits like Another One Becomes Us. Another One Becomes Us. Another one becomes us, and another one droned, another one droned, another one becomes us. Hey. Or, life is just a holodeck. Can't you see what this holodeck is doing to me? Life is just a fantasy, can you live this holodeck life? Ship in a bottle, and humans playing dumb jive. Humans playing dumb jive. Just some humans playing dumb jive. Humans playing dumb jive. The Mexican way. So suffer no longer, my geeky friends. There's finally a place for us on the internet. It's called Star Trek Parodies. It's free, it's fun, and more importantly, you can geek out and have a great time. So beam on over to StarTrekParodies.com. I'm Rick Moyer, and I invite you personally to come jam with me. Live long and prosper. We will, we will spark you. Enterprise, Lieutenant Uhura here. Time for emails. Yes, hailing frequencies are now open and we're receiving your email. So let's kick off. Our first email is from our uh, family member, Sina. So uh, thanks for emailing in, Sina. She writes, hello, Wayne, Mark and Adam. Paul was missed, but good to hear Adam on the show. Thank you for the great episode. Your reaction to Matt's email was very nice to hear. As his co-host on 10 Forward, I've already responded to Matt directly and told him that to us, he is simply Matt, a friend and a co-host, and the remainder is not important. Those of us who love Trek and its message of acceptance would be hypocritical if acting otherwise, quite frankly. Yep, absolutely right. You can't disagree with that at all, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you... Uh, that, uh, our reaction is to Matt's emails uh, been appreciated, yes, as well by the listeners as well. So, uh, but once again, can't thank Matt enough uh, for such a touching email as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, she continues. I enjoyed your fancy track story. I really liked the callback to Lacutus with Seven of Nine. That's hat off to you, Mark. Thank you. I thought it was a nice little touch. Yeah, I did as well. That hadn't even crossed my mind. So no, that's nice. Uh, That would have been a good episode to see. Unfortunately, even if they had written that episode, likely there would not have been a follow-up episode. Voyager is bad about those missed opportunities. They didn't follow up with the female caretaker, the robots in prototype, the aliens in dragon's teeth, etc. Anyway, wonderful job with Fantasy Trek. Unfortunately with Voyager, that is the case. They yeah, they did miss out on a lot of good opportunities to do things. But then gave the Kazon 
too far, serious. Yeah, far too much airtime. Yeah, those robots and prototype, I really like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, they were brilliant. Absolutely that fantastic. Was, that's a really good episode. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so no, I'm, I think you're right, though, Senior. It's one of those situations where the. It, I don't think there would have been enough follow up. Unless, obviously, me and Mark were still writing for him. Yeah, that's it. We could have come up with plenty of stories. <laughs> Definitely. I really enjoyed writing that, actually, putting that together. It was good fun. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed coming up with it off the cuff as well. You just you just sitting down, coming up with the premise, and then chatting it out because yeah, see what we can do. Yeah, yeah it's it's really enjoyable. I'm glad that other people seem to enjoy it because we weren't sure if other people would when we yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, I sort of came up with the idea and just said, right, it was my turn to text Wayne. Actually, I think it's one of the only. I said, Wayne, I've had this brilliant idea. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, we're yeah, in we a parallel could... universe. So, yeah, that's it. We've uh, we've we've done a little bit of a crossover. And, Mark's texted me saying, I've got a brilliant idea. But I'm glad it's worked out quite well, actually. So, yeah, no, it has. As you says, keep up the great work, guys, and I'm not just saying that because I'm part of the family. Love you guys, Cena. So thank you so much, Cena. Yes, thank you, Cena. We love you too. Though she did add a PS. Oh, okay. I do have to mention Paul's appearance on in the Drunk Pod Part 2. Very, very funny. As I told Mark previously, I listened to it during a four-hour drive. She did, yeah. <laughs> Made the time pass very quickly. It was all awesome, but my favourite part was the blooper about the wallpaper at the end. It was not just Paul's comment, it was Mark and Wayne's reaction to the comment. I listened to that bit at least ten times, and each time I laughed until I cried. If, yes. I, if I remember rightly, that's the thing, I've only listened to it once. Is that where we're like... What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, we were talking about microphones, and then we started recording, and he's like, I can't see the line in my wallpaper, and we just went, you went, what's that got to do with microphones? He said, well, nothing, because microphones you, you talk into, and the wallpaper's on the wall, and we were just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I recorded 10 forward, I, I spoke to Cena about this, and <laughs> yeah, she said she really, really enjoyed that, so I'm, I'm glad we uh, brightened up your uh, your boring uh, drive scene. Yeah, that's the thing. Made the uh, uh, driving hours pass by. Yes, quite. Okay, I've got an email here from uh, Gail Gerard, another one of our Texan listeners. Certainly is. And she says, uh, to Drone 1, Drone 2, and Drunky (laughs) Drone. Unfortunately, Drunky Drone's already deactivated. (laughs) <laughs> he wasn't drunk, but he was a bit tired. So uh, yeah, he's he's gone into his uh, into his alcove to uh, have a little bit of a sleep. I uh, said so I just had to get this in before the deadline. Bring on more drunk, Paul. You're absolutely hysterical when you're, as you say, rat-assed. What exactly does this mean anyway, rat-assed? Um... I've had pet rats before. Two males from the same litter, one named Justin and the other named Nicodemus. Fans of 80s animated films in the audience will get the reference. The rest of you will just have to look it up. Nicodemus. And Justin. I don't get that. 80s animated film. I don't get that. I will have to look that up. We'll look that up and we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, let you know what that is. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing particularly spectacular about their arses. They're just arses with tails hanging off the end. Anyway, great show as always. Keep up the good work as usual. Live long and prosper. G. 
Well, uh, thank you for your email, Gail. It's, uh, I, I don't even know where that term rat arsed comes from. No, it's something that's uh, deeply embedded in uh, the British culture. <laughs> the term uh, rat arts. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it simply just means uh, absolutely pissed. Yes. Actually, Mark, I've just uh, found it. The, uh, the the name that she was uh, referring to was from the uh, 1982 film The Secret of Nim. I've I've heard of that. I don't think I've ever seen it, but the name does ring a bell. Yeah, no, it does I've, ring a bell. Looking at the pictures, I recognise it. So I'm sure I have seen it at some point. Mm. It's just not one of the films that would have uh, been predominantly uh, in my life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have actually found the um, origin of the term rat as well. Ah, okay. Maybe it we says, should have done our homework before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But it says, uh, back in the century before last, wine and other fermented beverages were brewed in open vats. Vats which were in plague proportions were attracted to the alcoholic liquor. After quite a few fell in the liquor and drowned, the remainder worked out that they could dip their tails into the brew, then lick it off their tails. They did this quite effectively and eventually got drunk, and therein lies the origin of the word rat-arsed. <laughs> That's quite an interesting one. So you wouldn't have actually guess that it would have had an origin like that. Uh, but, I mean, you know, most of these things, why would you come up with it? They've all got some sort of origin in, in some sort of fact-based thing. But, yeah, an interesting one. So there you go. That's a, a, a nice little Britishism there for you, Gail. Yeah, it's one of them things that people just... You know, I've never thought about. It's just a term <laughs> that gets used. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's just something we, we understand the meaning of it and and that's it. Is that, it's it's inter- interesting. That's a little bit like when, um, after I'd gone travelling once, uh, there was an American girl that uh, came back and I showed her parts of uh, England and trying to explain to her how, uh, like, fried bread. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, yeah, but what do you dip it in? Nothing. It must be dipped in something. It, 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 like, before you fry it, it's like, no. No, you just fry it. Yeah, it's fried bread. Literally, we ended up having an argument because I was like, "This like everything that's fried is covered in something." And it's like, no, fried bread is just just fried, fried bread. <laughs> fried in oil or yeah, yeah, fat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, that was so hard to get <laughs> get her to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. uh, there you go. Gail, there's the origin of the word rat Yeah, and we've got an email from Michael Clark, uh, who's. Uh, he's, he, you can always rely on Michael. You can, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, wrote Hi, Mark, Wayne, and Paul. I'm sure he's referring to Paul Finch there. He, he normally addresses the people that were in the pod. Yes, he does. He does, yes. Yeah, so, uh, he says, another great episode this week. Uh, oh, uh, he's also referring to, um, Supplemental. So, yes, uh, it's timeless. Yes. Uh, Timeless is most probably one of the best episodes of Voyager. A good time travel story that manages to avoid someone going backwards, forwards, uh, in time. The only time travel is the message from older Kim to young Kim. 
Sometimes alternative reality stories can be just as good as the normal run-of-the-mill time travel, uh, where we have to see the crew adjust to different settings. Um, I uh, I agree. This works very well. Timeless did. It was, yes, yes, it did. It, it was uh, really enjoyable, though. It's it's one of them things that there isn't actually any physical time travel, as he said. It's uh, just a message. So, yeah, true. It gets sent back. So, uh, he writes, This is most probably the best Harry Kim and Chakotay stories in the series. I wasn't aware that Robert Beltrain was unhappy with his role until the series ended. You can see his point of view, though. It was all about Janeway and just got worse for everyone else when Seven joined the crew. Uh, even Tuvok got more scenes than Chakotay did. This was, however, a good story for Chakotay and again shows his loyalty and love for Janeway uh, by changing history to get his friend back. For Harry Kim, his older self has uh, more depth of character in 40 minutes than a young Harry Kim had in five years. It's true. It is true. As As Charlene would say, PDH, even in this episode, Harry manages to get himself killed <laughs> by the Walk Core Breach. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wang, uh, or Wong, sorry. You know it's what? Wong. Yeah, you know what Garrett uh, Wong says? Yeah, if you say Wang, you've said it Wong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Garrett Wang, uh, Wong <laughs> played the older Kim well and deserved credit for that. Uh, I have to agree that Timeless had one of the best opening teasers in all shows, and seeing Voyager in the Ice was quite shocking. Like you, Mark, I actually saw this for the first time on VHS. It felt like forever waiting for new releases to come out. Overall, I would say this was a good story and a great way to celebrate the 100th episode. Looking forward to Twilight next week. Always a great show. Regards, Michael. Well, thank you well, for that, Michael. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that one. It was uh, it is it's an excellent episode of Voyager, and I'm I was very glad that we uh, you know that that we chose that one and that uh, Paul came on uh, to to join us for that. Very, yeah, very good episode. It was, and uh, to be honest, uh, Michael made me think about a couple of things with this email uh, when he was mentioning the uh, VHSs. Uh, it, it was right because at that point in time, if you didn't have Sky. The VHSs started coming out about five or six months after. Yeah. After TV, but what was funny was, uh, I know it happened at least twice. I, I I'm not sure if it happened with every season, because I uh, remember doing it with Deep Space Nine. The season would start on Sky beforehand, and then come out on VHS later. So. Uh, so if you had Sky, you was in front. But then by the time that the VHSs had come out and they were coming to uh, the last couple, uh, it was either the last one or two VHSs would actually come out before they were broadcast on Sky. Oh, okay. Because like the the releases caught up with right yeah the TV with the TV because yeah no so. It was, you know, I just remember going to our local game shop with a mate you know, like, and getting the last two episodes before they were on Sky because it was like the end of season five and it was, oh my God. 
So, yeah, no, I can totally associate with that. Um, also, um, when, talking about the alternative realities and everything, because I, I do think I was right in saying that rather than actually changing the future, it probably created an alternative timeline. Yes, probably. Yeah. Which also made me think of another similar episode where uh, Harry wakes up in uh, San Francisco. Yes, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and he um, gets Tom to uh, help him, yeah. like recreate the, the problem, uh, like the what caused him to change universe. Yes. And he, he the whole thing was uh, Tom had had like more trouble in this alternative reality the, uh, than he had in the previous one. And he was helping Harry to send Harry back to repair. Yes, because he wanted to, and yeah, and he wanted to believe that he was having a better life in the other, in the other universe. Yeah, so Harry, how, how he told him, you know, you look, you're, you're the pilot on this starship and all right, you, you're on the other side of the galaxy. But Tom was sort of willing to help because you know, he liked to think that some, somewhere an alternative him was having a much better life than he was having. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It, that's the thing. The whole hope was that it would restore things back to how they were. But, really, uh, Harry just got him to commit suicide because that alternative reality still carried on. <laughs> and, and that poor alternative Harry Kim that must have... Uh, He's gone somewhere. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's, he's gone, gone somewhere. somewhere, so he, he must be coming back, and he's just topped that version of himself. Yeah, yeah, good point. So, how inconsiderate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I've got another email from Michael. So this is, uh, this is his comments on last week's main show. Yep. And he says, uh, Hi, Mark, Wayne, and Adam. Another great episode. Fantasy Trek is shaping up well. I'd always wanted to hear about the creatures from Conspiracy again. I know there has been a comic book about the creatures featuring Geordie. No barrel wells, though. Back in the 90s, and I also think a DS9 novel, but this was better. I thought the adventure he came up with would have made a great episode of Voyager. I like the way you brought Locutus into the story by, by explaining this is how Seven knew about the creatures in the first place. The only thing that stood up for me was that all information about the creatures had been erased or sealed by Starfleet Command. Would this not would this not have been like the Omega Directive, where only Starfleet captains would have known about the risks in case they did come across the threat? Only a minor thing, which took nothing away from the story. Well, what I did there, I did think about that, but I, I wanted, within the story, I thought it would be nice just to mention Locutus and the fact that Seven of Nine knew of him, so that was why I put that little bit in to say that Starfleet had covered it all up and none of the Starfleet captains knew about it. Because if Janeway knew about it, she could have just said yes. But it was just, it was a plot. It was there for reasons of plot only. Just it was nice to bring in Locutus because Seven would be aware of it. That was literally the only reason why. See, I hadn't even thought of that. But saying that, if I think if they had done the Omega Directive sort of thing twice, it wouldn't have the same sort of impact. Yeah, I just thought it would be nice to have this all completely secret and covered up. 
so only the people who were involved directly knew about it and were sworn to secrecy and it, secrecy and it wasn't generally known. So it was also a nice way to bring in Locutus as well, even if it was just a small mention. Yeah. Oh, no, very much so. Very much so. And uh, Michael continues, I already mentioned how wonderful uh, and emotive Matt's email was. A reason I have always liked Star Trek is the fact that it does try to look at the difficult social issues that face us now and back when Star Trek was back when Star Trek was created. I'm so, so pleased that in the fashion, that in that fashion, Trekmate is continuing that trend. It was your podcast that discussed the social issues, our perceptions of those who are gay, that encouraged Matt to tell you and the podcast community his news. A great chap who deserves a lot of respect. Regards, Michael. Thank you very much, Michael. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you feel that way. Uh, it, it's just reassuring to know that the whole Trek community... Yeah, it doesn't differ at all from, from, you know, from what we said. And we've had, uh, you know, there's obviously the couple of emails and we've had some tweets uh, as well. So, yeah, everyone, everyone's behind Matt and, and behind us and supporting him. So uh, I, I had no doubt in my mind and I don't think Matt did either. But yeah, absolutely. Every, everyone, we're all Trek fans. We're all, you know, we all understand the spirit of Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, when when you get reactions like that, it just proves it, which is uh, which is fantastic. It really is. It really is. It's it's it gives you hope. It gives you hope. Like if if we can do it, you you can only hope that everyone else will catch up at some point. Yeah. It's just it's just a matter of time. Yeah. No. Still, and that's the thing. You hope that you'll be around to see it. And also, I need to say a very big thank you. <laughs> Clark, who uh, kindly donated uh, towards the helping of running uh, the podcast. Uh, oh, this that's week. excellent! Excellent. Thank you very much, Michael. It's it's very much appreciated. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. It uh, and the thing is, it, it's, uh, Michael sent us a message. He was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, it isn't much, but uh, like it's all I could afford." It's like, no, honestly, you've just paid for <laughs> the hosting for a month. Yeah, that's a month's hosting of the website, which is which is significant. So yeah. that that was excellent. Thank you very much, Mike. Really does make a difference. So thank you so much. And uh, seeing as that's all of the emails, I suppose we better close hailing frequencies and head on over here. And now it's time for the topic of the week on Trickmate Podcast. Yeah, and it's time for our topic of the week. And it's a little surprising, actually, Wayne, that we haven't talked about this before. Well, that's the thing. It, it, it's, it's one of them subjects. It's a bit dry. No one really wants to talk about. It, it's hidden away from the general public, really. It is, yeah. So what we've decided to talk about, this being a special year, i.e. the 25th anniversary, we've decided to talk about TNG. That's it. Everyone's, well, most people's favourite series. Or if yeah. it isn't their favourite series, it holds a very special place in their heart. Yes, it does. It does. So, I've often said that TNG is my favourite series, and I'm 
That's the thing. You, I, you've been won over by Deep Space Nine as of late. Yeah, I, I am torn between the two, but having said all that, it does still hold a very, very special place in my heart because it was the series that made me fall in love with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd watched Star Trek before. I'd watched the original series uh, as quite a young child and you know, quite enjoyed it when it was on. It was good fun, but never really got into it. And then when I'd heard... Uh, that they were going to be putting this new Star Trek series on, on TV. And that started here in September 1990. Now, I think, I'm pretty sure before uh, TNG started, they did a rerun of TOS. Unfortunately, I wouldn't know. It wouldn't surprise me. So, like, I'm pretty build. sure they did. I'm pretty sure they did. So I'm pretty sure I did watch that mm-hmm. uh, and got a little bit excited. But I was really, really excited when it started and I remember that and it was something like September the 24th or 26th I can't remember the exact date I could mm-hmm. look it up 1990 and at 6 o'clock BBC 2 and I still remember to this day you know, getting the v- blank VHS out and put it in getting to record and sitting sitting there and just being glued to it for an hour and a half um, and I finished watching it and I just thought it was amazing I thought wow that's so cool they've you know they've really done something special with Star Trek and then from that point on I was just totally in love with TNG and it really did fuel my my love of Trek and that's the thing it's uh, obviously being them few years younger uh, than, uh, than yourself uh, TNG was the the, uh, the one that started it all yeah it was the jump on point for you wasn't it, it? it really was I didn't have the same relationship with uh, TOS that a lot of fans do, but uh, the next generation was what I grew up with, and to be honest, it just drew me in from the very first moment. It really did. There was just no uh, no point that I ever felt disappointed by it. It was. It's just got so much working for it. It really does. It's got all of just the dynamic between the whole group was spot on just the stories were amazing it it just it inspires you really does and I think it's I mean it does hold that special place because it was for, for, for many people it was that reintroduction and obviously without TNG we wouldn't have had DS9 we wouldn't have had Voyager we probably wouldn't have had Enterprise and it really kick-started the whole franchise again sort mm-hmm. of uh would have been 18 years since the original series had finished so it was that whole reintroduction to, uh, to track for a lot of people and to be honest you couldn't ask for a better jump on point and uh i think it's it, how should we do this mike shall we uh, discuss the series as a whole and then maybe discuss some of our favourite episodes? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, okay. Well, to be honest, what also made TNG, as well as having the strong cast, uh, was sometimes sometimes the bad guys as well, because like Q... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got to, when you talk about TNG, you have to talk about Q as a bad guy, because obviously... He was the first bad guy they encountered in Encounter at Farpoint. Mm-hmm. And he's a recurring theme through pretty much one episode per season, although he was in two episodes in season two. And mm-hmm. he was missing from Is season... Three? No, season... 
I can't remember now. Season three, I think he's missing from. No, that, no, 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 it's Deja Q. is in season three, I think. Okay, would it be um, four then? I can't remember off the top because of my head. He was, number, he was the, missing from one. Series six is True Q. Yeah, season uh, seven so is all good things. Season five is... would be. Oh. He's probably. No, it's, it's going to be season five, isn't it? Or is Tapestry in season five? Anyway. No, I think it's season five. Yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, I think it's season five. But of course, I mean, he was. He was a. Uh, well, you call him an enemy. He's not really. He's, he's he's not, in my opinion, an enemy. Although, although your first impression when he when he comes onto the show is he's, that he's a really big threat. But it, the Q are not. They're not really a threat because they have nothing to be afraid about from humans or any other species they would mm-hmm. find because they're nothing to them. Yeah, but also it. Yeah, it's it's like they're nothing as you said nothing's a threat but then also they've got nothing to gain really from uh no, antagonizing no, no no what what could they possibly gain from anyone they're already well they say they're omnipotent they're not actually omnipotent but yeah you It's more of a play thing yeah yeah they were bored they wanted something to do yeah pretty much that's how it goes and of course, TNG was where they introduced the Ferengi, who were, of course, meant to be uh, the Federation's new big threat, but of course turned out to be these silly little characters. That's really all you can say for them. Yeah, no, that's the thing. They uh, they were meant to be the next Klingons. Yeah. But really, they did not work well whatsoever. I'm not sure if it, how, how it was wrote or how they were directed to act. Or maybe just that stupid whip. <laughs> but, that sort of funny little way they would skulk around, waving their arms around like monkeys. Almost. Yeah, it, it was just like that. that's what I'm saying. If the director had said, uh, like, no, make it more monkeyish, it's like, um, what? Yeah, <laughs> you can imagine Armin Chimman just being like, what the hell are you on about? Yeah. It's like, honestly, make it look like you're about to show your, uh, throw your shit at someone. <laughs> it's like a monkey in a, like a monkey in a zoo yeah yeah, yeah okay <laughs> but of course I mean if you're talking about enemies I mean we should we should we should talk about the Klingons as well because I mean the TNG brought out brought about a lot quite a few changes to the universe that they, we knew from TOS of course the Klingons were they were allies they were allies I mean they weren't part of the Federation but they were they were now allies which which was a big change Oh yeah, definitely. Because by the point that this had come out, uh, the undiscovered country hadn't uh, like been released. So there, the, the TNG was the first place ever that addressed the thing of no, we're now friends with the Klingons. Yeah, yeah. Because because you even see that early on, like with um, uh, Riker uh, doing the exchange program. That's a great episode. That that's um, season two. Of- yeah, season two, a matter of honour. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the. I think that's probably one of the standout episodes of season two. Yeah, it really um, is. That's an excellent episode. I'd forgotten about that one. No, it's a fantastic episode. Well, that's the thing. The Klingons aren't really featured heavily in season one. They tried to stay away from them. Mm. Uh, They're in uh, Heart of Glory. Yes. In that one episode, which which is, again is is a pretty good um, 
a pretty good episode. It is, because that really introduced that, uh, the, the Stovu core, uh, yes, beliefs. that whole concept. Yeah, and we have the, um, the Klingon death scream as well. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Even though you never really, uh, got in depth with the Klingons, like in, like a general sense, with them two characters, two or three characters, you really did. Because that's the thing, they were being pursued, mm. uh, uh, like for, uh, I can't remember what they'd done wrong. They, this is bad, I only watched it about three weeks ago. Yeah, they were on a shuttle of some kind, weren't they? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't quite remember, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but it's, it's, it's a good episode, that one. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then obviously, uh, later on when, You've got so many scenes uh, on Kronos, uh, yeah, like in yeah. front of the council, and Picard manages to unify their government just with the gift of the gab. Yeah, he, he pulled that off quite well, I thought, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, it's like, <laughs> I'm Captain Picard, I can talk to you into anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, the, so the Klingons, they really beefed them out, because in the original series they were just, I thought they were, they were just guys that were blacked up. Yeah, with, with silly little fake beards and moustaches and bushy eyebrows, and it was really in TNG that, that the Klingons gained a personality. And gained honour. Yes. The whole honour system. Yeah. It became something more than just these mindless thugs. Yeah. So it's, imp- it's important for that. Um, obviously, you're a huge Klingon fan, so um, they're important from that regard, definitely. Oh, definitely, because from there and then uh, Deep Space Nine, they really beef them out to what they were, to what they are now. Yeah. So, yeah, no, definitely. Though... I'll, tell you one, I'll tell you one species we didn't see enough of. Go on. Romulans. Yes. Not anywhere near enough. And they were such... The thing is... Because we hardly ever saw them, they were just such a. Uh, they were they were this threat that no one you knew so little about them. Yeah. And the thing is, I think they should have had a few more big Romulan arcs. Yeah, I mean, there there are a number of episodes um, where they have obviously the first time they show up is in the neutral zone. That's where the first time I think Data said, "Oh, they'd." Um, they hadn't been heard from for something like 70 years. Yes. And then they suddenly turn up and they, they turn up with my favourite ship and I know you love that ship too. Ship too. This massive D. Deridex warbird just shows up and it's like, holy shit. When that thing turns up, it just it appears and it's just like, it's just like, wow. That ship is huge. And you just look at that, that deep green colour. And it was funny actually. Um, I can't remember what conversation I was having the conversation with my wife, and we said, said I said something about the Romulan ships, and she says, "Oh yeah, they're those cool green ones, aren't they?" Oh yeah. And I went, "Yeah, they are." And she went, "Oh, that's really geeky, though. I know that, isn't it?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's really funny. Yes, <laughs> it is. Really proud. <laughs> well done, dear. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> the thing is, though, even for uh, like passing fans or just people that catch the odd episode. Uh, that it, it, it's just so iconic. It's mm. one that will catch your attention. Yeah. You're definitely going to remember that more than you are a Ferengi Marauder. Yeah. Uh, they were... Yeah, they were a little bit naff, those ships, weren't they? 
Yeah, yeah, they were. And uh, to be honest, they always looked like they should have been flying the opposite way. To, to me, when I look at the Ferengi uh, Marauder, it it looks like it should be flying the opposite way that it actually does. With a curved bit at the front? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. if that's just me. No, I can, I can see where you're coming from there, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is how I, I would imagine it, but still, never mind. I, I would have thought having that big bit, that curved bit at the back would have caused quite a bit of drag. But then again, they're in space anyway, so yeah, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't make too much of a, too much no. of a difference. No, there's nothing to drag on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but obviously, the next generation introduced the Borg. The Borg, of course. We can't. Uh, yeah, we can't uh, not talk about the Borg, can we? And the thing is, the Borg were. Uh, they were they had just the right amount of Borg in TNG that it left enough unsaid that they were still just this huge threat that no one ever really knew everything about until Voyager absolutely beefed out their history. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so they were still very mysterious. Yeah, very much so. Though obviously uh descent didn't do them many favours. Yeah, it's not... No, it's not a brilliant episode. But still, you can always uh, blag that as... Yeah, but that's just the liberated Borg that Hugh infected that they, uh, that Law took advantage of. Mm. Mm. So it, it doesn't affect the species as a whole. But th- th- that was one arc that wasn't brilliant. No. no I think that's one, one you can probably pretty much skip over. But then... You can't get more iconic than the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, I mean, of all of the, I mean, there were so many good episodes. I mean, they're, they're, you know, if you look at TNG as a whole, there's quite a few episodes which are like, oh, they're not very good, but there are so many awesome episodes. How many the was there altogether? About 140 odd. Uh, oh no, it was about 176, I think. 176, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, but the best of both worlds is just—it's an amazing, amazing pair of episodes and such a massive cliff, cliffhanger. And I remember, you know, I've listened to a lot of the other podcasts, and they said when this was shown at the time, they had to wait the whole summer mm-hmm. for the conclusion. Now I'd remembered—I think on BBC Two they had the same situation. It was so they finished season. Three. Yeah, because we weren't on the same release schedule as America. Yeah. yeah, so it had been a few years after, but it was going to be shown on BBC Two, and then we were going to have to wait a, a good few months for the conclusion mm-hmm. on BBC Two. But luckily, uh, someone someone I knew had managed to uh, get hold of a videotape, so I was able to watch both back to back, which well, was amazing. Because I would have been I'd have been devastated had you had to wait where that cliffhanger at the end where Riker just says fire. When they're going to fire the uh, the deflector weapon they've developed, it's one of the moments where you're like, "No, no, you can't end there! Holy crap!" And I know, I think Charlene talks about her dad shouting and screaming at the TV, going, "No, you can't do that! He's going to wait all, uh, he's going to wait the whole summer." Yeah, no, that's the thing. Luckily, uh, I didn't. That's why we had Sky. 
Yeah. So oh, you were lucky. You it was a lucky. question of it was on BBC and then straight after on Sky. So there wasn't that waiting point. Mm. But it was that's the thing, that was that was to me one of the most pivotal moments of this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was just you didn't know if Picard was ever going to come back. You didn't know if he was going what's, to... What's going to happen to Picard? How are they going to save him? Yeah. Because, I mean, you would... You know, the Borg at that point, they just did seem completely unstoppable and there didn't seem to be any any way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, there were rumours that Picard would be replaced and that Shel- Riker would be the captain, Shelby would be uh, the new the new first officer, and all of those things were possible. But obviously, I'm very glad to say that uh, obviously uh, Patrick Stewart did pick up his contract and return. Yes, uh, and to be honest, let's think, as I wouldn't change it for the world. But I think if they had ever gone down that line of making Riker the captain and Shelby the first officer, I think it would have been a very interesting dynamic. And I think mm. it would have been a very different series, but it would have worked well. Yeah, there is something about Shelby that I really like. Oh, I liked her as well. I thought she was really, really good. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes, she doesn't mind who she steps on sometimes, but she's ambitious. Yeah, it's it's one of them. She was one of the first humans that you really saw who was in Starfleet, a uh, like a brilliant officer, but also someone that just wasn't. A happy-go-lucky, I get on with everyone sort of person. Yeah, she was much more human, as we know. Yes, she was more. She was a lot more of a. She'd have been very comfortable on Deep Space Nine. Yes, yes, very much so, very much so. I know that uh, was it New Frontier that she was the first officer on that uh, in them books. Uh, I think so. I haven't read them, but yeah, that does does ring a bell. Yeah, no, it, I, I would like to uh, hear more stories with Shelby. Yeah. Yeah, she was a great character. But, okay, so we've talked about some of the enemies, but I mean, we haven't actually talked about the crew themselves. And of course, no. the, crew, the crew is absolutely critical. And of course, well, the one member of the crew you have to talk about first is Spot. the ship. No. <laughs> the ship. Yes. The ship. It's as we said when we were talking about Timeless. The ship becomes as much of a character as the ship is essential. Anyone else? It is, and as we said before, it's the constant. No matter what's going on, where the crew are, what's happening, the ship is there ticking away, and she's a beauty. Oh yeah, absolutely. For some, some people don't particularly like the Galaxy class. Uh, I personally, I love it. I'm not sure if it's just because it is my first love. I mean, we, we, no, it's awesome. It really is. And I mean, the first time you you see it, it just looks huge. It's just such a massive ship, mm-hmm. and just so much more. I mean, if you look at the the Enterprise and TOS, it's mm-hmm. a bit of an odd looking ship, isn't it? It's yeah, not, it's a bit clunky and a bit functional, mm-hmm. but then you see this this luxury mm-hmm. liner 
Um, it's just beautiful. That's, a, that's exactly what it was. It, it, it was a city in space. Yeah. It's, it's nothing short. There's everything that you mean. They even have their own barber. They don't even have a holographic barber. They have a real, actual barber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But of course, okay, so the ship was uh, probably, you know, one of the first members what, of the crew. What did you think of uh, the All Good Things version of the ship? Um, I wasn't a massive fan of it, I have to say. I'm not sure if it was just the, my age at the time, but I thought it fucking kicked ass. And just... I mean, it was... I mean, it was a powerful, you know, they'd souped it up a little bit. And, I thought uh, it looked so, so gorgeous, so sexy. It was just like, wow, a third nacelle. Wow, yeah. like phaser turrets. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think that's, I, I still got that mentality <laughs> in me of like, yes, <laughs> more is good. More is good, yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I wasn't that, it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. It, it sort of did its job. Yeah. It did its job for that episode. Yeah. But, okay, on to the crew. So, the captain, obviously, um, a really important choice. And I think it surprised me a little the first time I saw it. I, hadn't, I think I probably, I don't remember, but I must have read a little bit about what was going on mm. and who was going to be in it. But, obviously, there's an English guy. Was that a, a big surprise at the time for people? I think I think it did surprise me a little bit because Captain Kirk was very much Americana. Yeah, he was, and it was a little bit of a oh okay, what's going on here? Yeah, to have such a vital role being performed by uh, an Englishman mm. playing a Frenchman yes. who sounds English. Yes. Yeah, a little bit odd there, but uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, a fantastic actor, Patrick Stewart is amazing, and you know, a Shakespearean actor, and he's had a lot of experience, and they managed to convince him to, uh, to you know, to, to to go over to Hollywood and, uh, and and take part in this show. I would have thought at first it would uh, what would have enticed him over, to be totally honest, would have been the regular paycheck, because yeah. Because unfortunately, uh, theatre doesn't always pay as well as what television would. No. So. Yeah, that's it. You can keep the money rolling in. He put a lot on the line to take the role. Mm. And he's one of these guys who has really embraced what the character become. Yeah, Yeah, he did. you, You never see any sort of. Shatner or Nimoy sort of signs of look I'm not Picard Do you, no, he's no. very much he's I, I'm sure uh, tell me if I'm wrong but I'm sure I've heard him say in interviews that as Picard grew it, it was like they become more of the same person yeah yeah they did I'm, they sh- did. I'm sure yeah. I've heard him say that in an interview which is very true, is as time went on and he built that character along with the writers, um, it, it just felt very natural. Yes, yes, it did. Um, 
Okay, so moving on from Picard, Riker. I know. You're I know not a you're, big fan of Riker. I'm not really. I mean, he, he served the purpose. Yeah. I think uh, he did what he had to do. He, he did. He definitely picked up uh, when he when he grew the beard. I know it's a little odd, but when he grew the beard, I think he I think he improved. He matured a little bit and, and grew into that role. Yeah, the one last thing he had the same. Uh... Same, same thing as uh, Cisco. The power was in the facial hair. It was. It's a, it's a curious thing, but I, I'd absolutely agree with that. It was. Um, it just changed his whole character. It and re- I, guess, I guess. I mean, I, I guess Jonathan Frakes got more used to playing the character and just more relaxed because I know early on he was very much um, set in making sure that he. Uh, performed the character exactly how Gene Roddenberry yeah, yeah, it's yeah it's something we talked about a few weeks ago where he was very stiff and yeah he had said himself yeah that about... he was sort of yeah he was not really comfortable with it but then as as time moved on he was able to bring a little bit more a little bit more fun into it but this that uh, once again like case in point uh like goes to show for me personally that Trek's best when it's in other people's hands than just Gene's. Yeah, yeah, that other people can uh, can bring that together. Because that's the thing is, well, <laughs> not blowing any horns or whatever, but look at the podcast. Right, what uh, what we started out with with me and Paul was great, but bringing on all of you guys is making. Trekmate, the whole Trekmate family, just an entirely new, wonderful beast. Yeah, it's it's bringing a very different flavour, isn't it? I mean, it's it's changed a lot since those very early days. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. That's not taking away anything that happened early on. It's just that we've built on that, and the only way that we've built on that is through collaboration. Mm, it's a it's an evolution. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I feel works best and why I can't understand when people get so um, dead set on no it has to be Gene's vision mm. it's like yeah. no no the, the moral compass can be set by Gene's vision the story does not necessarily have to go that way yeah yeah absolutely but uh, but you're right that's the thing once Riker uh, got the beard and started playing uh, uh, playing his um What's it called? It's not a trumpet. It's a um, a trombone. Trombone. Yeah. Once he oh. once he got his trombone out, that's when uh, <laughs> that's when it really kicked off. And yes. I love the fact that going back and rewatching uh, TNG just opened my eyes to how many times I actually uh, that that it gets insinuated that Riker gets laid. Yeah, you, you, it's it's you go back and watch it. It's there a hell of a lot, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it always yeah. seems like at least once per season. That's the thing. He's all like that. Yeah, no, definitely, and and that's not even taking into account just the uh, little smirks that he gives every so often. That's the thing. He wasn't sharing. He wasn't sharing out the wealth with Geordie. That's for sure. No, no, he 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 wasn't getting any, was he? No. But saying not that he wasn't well, trying. No, he did give it a go, but he was just a bit too wet. I mean, 
I mean, that takes us on to Geordie, who was again he was he was a bit of a, a bit of a nothing character in season one, and I don't think they really knew what to do with him. Well, that's the thing. Um, him and War, uh, the red shirts. That's yeah. the thing. They very much were. Uh, both helmsmen, you didn't really see where they wanted to go with them. They were just there to pilot the ship. I think it was a question of, I know, to show diversity, where the, the blind guy pilot in the ship next to the Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, so Geordie, Geordie was. Yeah, he wasn't brilliant in season one. Um, but by, when they moved him into the engineer, chief engineer's position in season two, that's when he, he did. He did. He did pick up. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a little odd because he he was pilot and then all of a sudden he was chief engineer and it's obvious why they did it. I mean they didn't have a chief engineer. Well they did, but they seemed to have about two or three different chief engineers throughout. Yeah, they never had one. one consistent. No, and it was just the chief engineer didn't seem to be a, an important part of the crew. Mm-hmm. He was never really written into any stories, and they obviously thought, right, we need a chief engineer, we need a, we need an existing crew member who we know to be it, and um, that's the thing. They picked Geordie. Um, it's one of them things. I don't mind what they've done because I quite like Geordie, but in a practicality sort of sense, would you instantly promote your ensign to your chief engineer? Probably not. Okay, well that's the thing. It's like, is it? I'm I'm trying to find comparisons. W- would you trust Mayweather to do Trip's job? Uh, no. Or you know, that's <laughs> not in a million years. Yeah, <laughs> no. It's it's just very strange that they went that direction, but still can't. Can't argue with it, in, uh, it worked out. It worked out. I mean, they didn't know quite what to do with Geordie, so they had little. I mean, some things are just done for plot. And Geordie's relationship with Data is really uh, uh, one of the, the the biggest bromances that you're going to get throughout yeah, all no. of Trek. Yeah, we talked about bromances on my first ever show. <laughs> was it your first show? It was. It was the first one I was ever on, and we chatted about bromances. Oh. So that's quite nice. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Geordie and Date had a very special relationship, and it was it was good fun. It was good fun to uh, to watch that. And, uh, well, that leads us on to Data, of course. Mm-hmm. Who, I would say, of all of the crew, he's he was probably my favourite character from very early on, and I would still say, to this day... I mean, Picard is just awesome. Well, that's the thing. I was going to say, uh, Picard's a given. Yeah, Picard's a given. Absolutely. He's just amazing. An amazing captain. A great actor. Um, But I would say Data has to be the favourite character for so many reasons. Just because he was... You could just wrap so many stories around him. And, you you know, he was an android trying to be more human. He had lots of serious storylines. He had lots of funny storylines. Um you know, he was super strong and he could, like we saw in in First Contact, where she shoots him, you know, he can just take all of these bullets and he's fine. He can jump like 50 feet and he was just cool. Yeah. Let's face it, he was just all around cool. That's the thing. And it, how, how cool would it be to have uh, a mate that if he gets, just gets too annoying, you can turn him off? Yeah, just <laughs> poke a little hole in his back and say, I'll go to sleep. <laughs> Uh, no, he's uh, he really is 
uh, a fun character. Because the thing with Data is I I wish they hadn't have done as many situations where he didn't understand common sayings. Yeah. One thing I would say is that Data was meant to have been in the uh, in Starfleet for about 20 years before the Enterprise, if I it remember correctly. It would have been there for some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's been referenced to being around that sort of time it period. Sounds, it sounds about right. And for him to have never come into contact with any of Burn the Midnight Oil... Uh, yeah. just common phrases that never really made much sense to me no no I know what you mean I do know what you mean yeah so uh, but still uh, I can't fault Brent Spiner though oh no I mean it, it is his um his acting ability is awesome and I think Patrick Stewart is a, is a fine actor as a Shakespearean actor was was amazing I mean clearly the other great actor on there, equal to Patrick Stewart, different but equal, um, was Brent Spiner. Mm-hmm. The two of them, just between them, for the most part. I think the the only other person who could act as well was um, John Delancey. Yeah, but of course he wasn't a, he wasn't a regular crew member. But mm-hmm. between between Brent Spiner and Patrick Stewart, they literally just out acted everybody else on that crew, mm-hmm. and they had. You know, he's just, he's just fantastic, and he, he played Data so well, but when you've seen him in other parts, uh, in Enterprise, where he played Arik Sung, he was brilliant. When he played Law, his own evil brother, he was brilliant. Yeah. When he played Dr. Noonien Sung in Brothers, although it was, it was a short appearance, he was, he was just fantastic. great. Yeah. He was just great. It was just... You know, he's got his, uh, his Texas drawl of an accent, and it was just done so well. An absolutely fantastic actor. Okay, the, the next character, for me, I, I've been trying, trying to weigh this up after you saying about Data being your favourite character. The next character that we'll talk about will be Worf. Yeah. And I was just trying to decide, is Worf my favourite character mm. from TNG? And I was thinking, do you know what? If it was Worf from Deep Space Nine... Then yes. Okay. Because I think Worf developed a hell of a lot in them three seasons. Yeah. In DS9. Yeah. Uh, I think he was... Well, no, he wasn't underused. Because he did have plenty of, uh, plenty of stories and plenty of development within TNG. He really took off, I think, in DS9. Though, didn't he? Yeah, he, he really came into his own in DS9. And uh, but still, Worf was such a, a brilliant, strong character uh, within uh, the whole dynamic. Yeah. Because uh, even from, how did you feel about when Alexander joined the crew? Um, bit of a whiny little sod. Apparently, he was on set as well. Was he? Yeah, apparently, because it's the same kid from Family Ties. Isn't it? Uh, did you ever watch the Michael J. Fox? Um... I remember watching some of them briefly, but um, I didn't know it was him. He must have been pretty, 
pretty small when he was on Family Ties because Family Ties was a few years before. Yeah, he was. He was quite young. Mm. He was quite young. Family Ties was a, a staple in my household. Yeah, I do. I do remember it vaguely. Yeah, but, but uh, I think it was repeated on a Sunday afternoon sometime in the sort of mid mid eighties. Or I do remember it vaguely. More than likely, but unfortunately, I'm playing the Sky card again. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. So I saw a lot more of it than what uh, terrestrial uh, televisions had to provide. But yeah, uh, apparently he was a little shit on set. Uh, okay. <laughs> Very, uh, I'm a child star <laughs> uh, sort of character. But uh, to be honest, I didn't mind the Alexander stories too much. Apart from when he was being a whiny bitch all the time. <laughs> yeah, he was a little sod. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. I mean, he, he, he served the purpose, I suppose, but I it, gave, seeing... it, gave, it gave Worf, you know, the, the struggle that Worf had with him um, was quite enjoyable. Um, of just, how do I discipline this child? Yeah, and seeing him struggle. You know, yeah. With something that he was completely out of his depth with. Yeah, because um, he, he wanted to raise him the Klingon ways, but he's been raised as a human. Yeah, by his mother. Yeah, yeah, by Kayla. And yeah, I mean, yeah, interest, interesting to see him struggle with it. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I just. Deanna. Yeah. Deanna. 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 I. The, the funny thing is. When I originally watched everything, I never had a single problem with Deanna. And after getting into the podcasting world and listening to so many podcasts, there are so many people out there that hate Deanna. Because I can see their points when I'm going through my rewatch, because she pretty much is just Captain Obvious. Yeah, bloody obvious. But she just didn't. She just didn't have much of a character to. I know a lot of people are big Marina Sirtis fans, and yeah, she didn't give a lot to to the crew in general. I liked her mother though. I thought Luaxana was brilliant. Oh I'm yeah, a, Major Major Barrett was amazing. So it was always good to see her there. So I mean, if 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 there's only one thing, then I guess you know she brought her mother. Yeah, I the thing I never had a problem with Deanna, and I, despite her inept ways, <laughs> I still have a fondness for her because it's I to be honest, I think Marina Sirtis uh, caused some of the issue. In the sense of when they, as the series was going on, a lot of the other actors were going to the writers and throwing ideas at them for character progression. Mm. And she's admitted herself that they even come up to her saying uh, about it. And she was like, "No, I'm fine." So yeah, ju- yeah, just yeah, I'm 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 okay as I am. Yeah, just leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, if you come up with anything, it's like everyone inserted a little bit of themselves into their character. 
but Marine Circus never really opened up the gates. No, I mean, they, she, I mean, they did develop her a little later on. She, she, um, she did get uh, to take command of the bridge. That was in we was did sent, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> we worked this out about ten weeks ago. <laughs> We've forgotten. Uh, it, well, no, cause we, uh, when was it that she took the um, test? Yeah, I can't remember when she took the test, and someone did tell us, but she did take the command of the bridge during descent because that was when she she used the. Oh no, that was Doctor Crusher. Yeah, that was no, Crusher. That was, Doctor, that was Crusher, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I've obviously blanked a lot of that from my head. Yeah, and I, just I just cannot remember it. Because that's the thing, Beverly was always doing the night shift. Just so yeah. she could go up and sit on the bridge for a while. Yeah. Which I always thought was nice. Yeah, but how could she do that? I mean, I guess she's working through the day and then and doing the night shift. Maybe, maybe it was on her days off. Yeah, could be, I guess. Overtime, yeah. Yeah, do a little bit of overtime. <laughs> but saying that, it's, it's a question of... Surely by this point in the future... That they could just in, uh, hypo themselves with stuff, just keep them awake twenty four seven. Yeah, super Red Bull, space yeah. Red Bull. Uh, but but that actually brings you on to uh, Beverly. Yes. I know she's uh, she she was an early favourite of yours. She was, and I mean it's you know as a character, I'll admit she didn't develop too much but I just had I mean don't get me wrong Marina Sirtis could fill out a uniform very nicely and was a was an attractive woman but I was more of a crusher man I'm a boy really I mean I started watching that at sort of 14 mm-hmm. and I did have a big crush on her I have to admit and that's the thing I had uh, a soft spot for Deanna when I was a, when I was a young lad, it was it, for me. It was Deanna. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have said no. <laughs> um, but, but no, yeah, Crusher was just my thing. Yeah, and it's, I did enjoy that relationship that she shared with Picard because it was it was just that that tension. Yeah, that was, was always, always there. That. that was always there. And sometimes you would think, oh, for crying out loud, just get on with it. Mm-hmm. But then in other ways, I think, no, it, it was nice just to have that tension there and never to have it actually go anywhere. So, so I can see both sides of that. I can see both sides of that. Yeah, very much so. But it, you don't reckon behind closed doors. <laughs> no one was watching. They had a quickie. Yeah. Quickie and a turbo lift. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> Number one, don't come into my ready room. Yes. Yeah, you never know, do you? Why, what, what are you doing? I, I'm cleaning the fish. Yes, cleaning out the fish tank. Dr. Crusher is helping me. <laughs> yeah, please ignore any spillages. <laughs> <laughs> Dear. <laughs> what What was in that gangway behind his fish tank? Was that like his own toilet or something? Yeah, because he could go behind, and I think he had a little replicator there. Didn't he did he? have so a replicator back there. Yeah, yeah, he could go in there, and you'd, you'd just go in and get a cup of tea, Earl Grey hot, and then bring it out there. 
but surely there must have been something around that corner because if they were just going to put replicator there, they could have just put a wall there with it inserted in. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what he had hidden behind there. Hmm. Do you reckon it was a uh, <laughs> just a jacuzzi? Like a little hot tub. Yeah. Yeah, that him Beverly used to just sort of jump in when no one was looking. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, <laughs> when they were going for a meeting, you'd walk in and find uh, Riker, Data, and Card all, all just sat in their yeah. trunks. <laughs> just sat there. No, they, no, they'd be naked, wouldn't they? <laughs> They're all quite enlightened in the future. They wouldn't be worried by nudity, so no, they'd all be there naked. Yeah, no, definitely. And everyone feeling very intimidated by Data. Just, just because Soon wanted to make up for his own <laughs> inadequacies. <laughs> Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Okay, so here we talked about most of the main crew. So apart from Wesley. Yeah. Okay. And is that all we've got to say? He was well. Season one, Wesley was an irritating. He was an irritating little twat. Yeah. The, the thing is, I he was such. He was such a smart-ass little. Pratt. But in some ways, I think I think that now, probably at the time, I thought he was okay because he would have been. I think how old was he in season one? 13, 14, something like that? Around there. Yeah. So he would have been around about the same age as me. So I was probably, I probably enjoyed him more, thinking, how cool, you know, he's a kid of my age and he's on a starship. How cool would that be? And he's so smart and, you know, but now I just think he was a little bit cocky. But. It's a few episodes later, later on, where he does improve, and I really do like the episode uh, Journey's End, where he becomes the traveller. Yeah, I like that one. I, I always liked the traveller, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really interesting. That oh wow, after all this, he actually has, he actually does have something special. He's not just intelligent, but he's got this special ability or power there, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, did, I did enjoy that episode. I really enjoyed that as well. I I personally don't mind Wesley uh, because especially like the later Wesley when you see him screw up uh, at the academy. Yeah, it shows that vulnerability is not all. Yeah, yeah. You, he, know, he, he, you know, he could never put a foot wrong, could he? No, th- though I do agree. His weakest point would have been season one. Because it just didn't, he didn't need to be the be all and end all when there's perfectly good paid employees mm. there that yeah. should be far more qualified than this 14 year old. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, you know, they weren't quite sure what to do with him, so I mean, you'll forgive it, but yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I think. They could have made him much more relatable throughout. I mean, look yeah. at Jake. Yeah, Jake Sisko was he was he was pretty much the same, wasn't he? The first couple of seasons, he was just some irritating little kid wearing really bad clothes. Yeah, but he wasn't um, the the gifted one. He he managed to be irritating without being. Uh, I'm going to save the ship. Yeah, yeah, he was just irritating. Sort of generally, although later on, I mean, he was a gifted writer and he really did improve a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but that's space just growing time. up. That's what I would expect. What seeing a teenager, someone that thinks they know it all. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's that's just how it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, so, um, seeing as we've gone through everyone, how about we pick out five of our favourite episodes? Okay. Though, saying that, we need. It, to to be original, well, I think. Well, well, we know that both of us are going to say all good things. Yeah, so let's discount that, shall we? Okay, and you're going to say who watches the watchers. Uh, okay, we'll discount that one then. <laughs> and everyone would know. I would say inner light. And probably the best of both worlds as well. Yeah. Okay. It's just amazing. Okay. Okay. Let's make them our givens. Okay. Like that's a given for me. Okay. Okay. So, what, uh, let's take it in turn. Uh, no okay. particular order needed. No. Okay. Okay. So, what would you choose as your? F- uh, f- obviously, this isn't discounting any other episodes. No, these are just five. I'm, ugh, I struggled as well. Do you think yesterday's Enterprise should be a given? Oh yeah, that's a good one. That should probably be a forgiven. Uh, a forgiven. A given. Definitely. A given. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm going to go for Parallels. Brilliant episode. Great episode. So a Worf-centric episode, but just such a brilliant concept in moving into and out of all of these different parallel universes. Yeah. And s- sets up later on the, the the rather odd relationship that he has with Deanna. Mm-hmm. But just just, a, just an all-round brilliantly written, um, entertaining episode with, with loads of really cool stuff going on. That's it's so clever. It's very clever. It is it, really clever. But also, it, it's one of them things where you're going through it with Worf, you're trying to figure it out, and it's it's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a good, fun, solid, entertaining episode. Yeah, it really is, and I I love just Worf's reaction to. Uh, like Deanna when she's like, well, how else would you treat your wife? Yeah, and she's like, yeah, and she's like, what, what? And she's just freaking out. But yeah. a, a, a different episode for Wolf. But Wolf wasn't on the ball then. He was like, he should have just been like, wife, and then like, like turn around, thought about it for a second, and be like, hang on a minute. <laughs> okay, then before I fix this problem, I think I need to take advantage of the yes. situation. Yes. <laughs> Because yeah. technically, I'm not doing anything wrong. She, she, she was his wife. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, I I couldn't see a problem there whatsoever. No, great first episode to choose. Okay, for me, I'm going to make my first episode Darmok. Oh, I've I've oh yeah, I was going to go for Darmok as well. Do so I have to pick another one? Uh, no, I, I suppose we could share. We could agree yeah. on that. Darmok, great episode. Darmok and Gillard at Tanagra. Yeah, Temper his arms wide. Yeah. Absolutely. Shaka when the walls fell. Absolutely fantastic. It was just... It was just this whole thing of watching Picard not only overcome the language barrier, but then 
and we work with uh, what's his name? What was his name? His name was um, Dathan. Yes. Something like that. Because at the end, we were talking about Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, and he says um, Dathan and Picard at Eladrell. Yes. So equip- they've gone, they would use that term to describe their situation in their language. Yeah, I mean, a great, a great Picard episode. And just interesting that they've met an alien species with whom they couldn't communicate. Yeah, and that's the thing. Because they always manage as a universal translator that can just talk to anyone. And it was just nice to have that. Because that there. And, it, it, all the way through, like, it, when you're seeing Dathan at some points getting, like, wound up that he couldn't express what he needed to to them. And the thing is, I think it was more stupid because of the structure of how they spoke, because everything was. In it reference, was all, it was all uh, with a it was all a metaphor or, or a reference to something from their history or myths. Yeah. So when he talked about um, Temba, his arms wide, it was someone opening their arms wide and sort of inviting something in, mm-hmm. wasn't it? So it was all so you had to actually understand their whole mythology and history in order to understand what they were saying. And without that frame of reference, you know, the words were there. Yes. But. You just couldn't understand the concepts. And I, I found that absolutely fascinating. Mm. Though I'm not sure how their language would have actually initially began, because if it's always in reference to something, what do you talk about? <laughs> yeah, what would you talk about? Yeah, Like when nothing's happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they haven't got any history. It's like, oh, okay, we better start making some stuff up then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the language just evolved into that somehow. Yeah. Maybe they were big storytellers and their language ultimately evolved into everything to do with story and myth, I guess. Yeah, you would. Uh, one, way, one way you could explain it. Yeah, definitely. But a great episode. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm going to go for Q-Who. Mm-hmm. Love that episode. A Q episode, nice performance from John Delancey and the introduction to the Borg. Loads of action, loads of excitement, really cool enemy. Um, I, I'm just, and a, se- a season two episode as well. I know we say the early seasons aren't so great. There are some good ones in season two. This is definitely my favourite from season two. I'm Probably looking forward to getting episode. up there. Yeah, no, I, I'm on season two at the moment. I'm looking forward to getting to yeah. that because it's uh, it's. Absolutely fantastic. That's the thing. It's that point where you're just like, oh my god, these species, like just watching them cut through the Enterprise. Just slice through the hull, and when, when, the, when the first Borg beams onto the ship mm-hmm. and just starts scanning on the console, and it's like, okay, right, and then they start firing the phaser at him eventually, and the shields just generate, and he looks at them, and it's like, uh oh, and then he, they shoot one, and the other one just beams in. Takes the components off him and then he just vaporizes. Mm-hmm. So cool. And then they, they beam over to the ball cube and they're all regenerating. And they're like, okay. And then they decide to leg it. And then the ball cube's chasing them and you can see the ship actually repairing itself. It's like, wow, these guys are just, they're just amazing. They, you just can't stop them. No, no. Fantastic. Fantastic. And obviously you knew, you knew that they, there was going to be more because it says at the end of the episode, leaves it, leaves it open. When mm-hmm. Picard's talking to Guinan, and so, and she says, because they're aware of your existence, 
And he says, so they will be coming. So you knew something exciting was going to happen. Oh, definitely. Definitely goes Brilliant without episode. saying. Brilliant episode. And to be honest, uh, I, can, uh, I can understand that being uh, on your top five. Though that did make me think when you were uh, discussing that uh, we, we didn't mention Best of Both Worlds. One of my favourite scenes from Best of Both Worlds is watching Worf and Riker try to defend Picard on the bridge. Yes. Trying to just say, like, it was because Picard is what they was gunning for. Mm. And watching both of them uh, try and save him was a fantastic scene. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. My second choice is unification. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't pick that one, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Great episode. Yeah, I'm going to treat it as one choice, even though it's two episodes. You can, I think, when when they're when they're a double party, you can treat it. It's one story, whether yeah. it spans two episodes or not. It's one story, so that's absolutely fine. Yeah, and for me, unification was absolutely brilliant because it's as you said, we don't get to see much about the Romulans. We don't and we see, get, we see a different side. It's a totally different side. It isn't this just mysterious race that have got the big green ships that uh, like are threatening you in one way or another. Yeah. It, it, this really showed. Uh, I loved seeing uh, just Spock being so invigorated to believe in peace between uh, their two species. And an appearance from Leonard Nimoy, of course. Yeah, that's it. You've got Spock and you've got uh, Tashiar's daughter. You've got uh, Sela. Yeah. So, just amazing on both fronts. Because, for me personally, uh, I I enjoy seeing Sela. Just that tie back to uh, yesterday's Enterprise. Mm, it's always that little reminder, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, the blonde Romulan. It, was this the first time that they ever met Sela? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it might I think be. it is. I think I it think is it because is. I'm sure there's a scene where Picard gets all confused about... Yes, it is. Because where Picard uh, meets Sela, and he's like, how is this possible? And then she explains, like, you ordered my mother back. Mm. And, like, explains the Enterprise C uh, story to him. Yeah. Which I find absolutely fantastic. And it, this episode just hits home on so many levels for me. It's 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 a great choice, it really, really is. And that's the thing. Even just little scenes like uh, Picard and Data on the Klingon ship, and Picard trying to get some sleep, but Data just standing there. Just just them little (laughs) scenes. Yeah, and he's he's standing there, and uh, he's like, Data, what are you doing? He says, Oh, I'm attempting to, you know, calculate something or whatever. He says, Well, you know, do it quietly. And he stood there sort of looking at him. He says, what are you looking at? I'm looking at nothing, sir. And he sort of turns around and it's like, oh, he's never going to sleep. You, you can just tell he's hovering there. Yeah. Do you, yeah not, exactly. do, you, do you not wish to sleep, sir? No, I'm fine. 
<laughs> yeah, some some nice funny scenes. And obviously Picard Picard gets uh, done up as a Romulan, as does Data. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Klingon says to him, you know, don't you look sweet? Let's hope some Romulan beauty doesn't try to lick the paint off your ears or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Oh dear, absolutely fantastic. So, what's number three for you? Um, I've got the next phase on here. Remind me. Where Geordie and Ro yes, are yes, phased. Yes. They're phased. Oh. The Romulans are trying to invent a phased cloaking device and they're phased out of... It's every, absolutely every, fantastic. Everyone thinks they're dead, but they're able to sort of walk through solid objects. And, mm-hmm. and then they, they, they find on the Romulan ship um, that there's others like them. Um, great episode. Just just a brilliant concept. You know, I just thought, wow, how cool would that be? You could just walk through walls and things like that. So... You know, some nice moments between Roe and Geordie. Uh, Roe was still fairly new at this point, so there were, it was a character development episode for her. And, you know, it's got the Romulans in it. You see you get to see the interior and exterior of the Romulan ship, which is always good in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, a great a great all-round episode. It really, really was. And I, it, to be honest, it, it's one of the ones that, once again, has you grips. Mm. Has you absolutely grips. And that takes me... Okay, I'm going to have to make a change to my choices because... I know, I've been thinking of mine, thinking, oh, that's a good one. Oh, no, what about this one? Because oh, oh, oh. that's the thing, it's like, I've got one in here that like I have literally in there just for sentiment, sentimentality reasons. Mm. I was going to pick True Q. I know you love that episode. Yeah. I know you're a big fan of that. Yeah. I, I love the whole Amanda Rogers story. But to be honest, after you uh, discussing the next phase, I, I have to choose Timescape. That is a brilliant brilliant episode it's really really good and it's sort of similar in many respects I mean you've got the Romulans on there you, mm-hmm. it's oh yeah fantastic and a really really funny bit where Picard sort of draws the smiley face in the in the, in the smoke where he's going from nuts. the warp core yeah yeah, yeah. just <laughs> and a really nice scene where you see uh, Dr. Crusher she's sort of in, in the midpoint of being vaporised Yes. They're trying to work out what's happening, think they're under attack, but in fact the ship isn't under attack. They were attempting to to help out the Romulans. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's just when they're trying to figure out all of the everything that's going on by this f- seemingly frozen point of time, mm-hmm. and they're getting s- the wrong misconceptions entirely. Yeah. yeah. And then finding out that there's like this alien that isn't affected that's portraying a Romulan uh, like just sneaking about yeah uh, because they they're from a species they lay lay uh, lay their young in the gravity well of a black hole mm-hmm. and of course and the, obviously the Romulans the... use an artificial quantum singularity as a, as a power source and they mistook it and tried to lay their eggs there mm-hmm. which is which is totally ludicrous but never mind um but yeah, generally just a fantastic episode. I wish I'd picked that one. <laughs> that that was a late addition. 
It was. It was hot off the press. Yes. And I've gone for Ship in a Bottle. Oh. The second Moriarty episode where yeah. he returns. Just, just really nice sort of is it real, is it not real type of episode where they come out of the holodeck and they think they've left but they haven't left and he's in control and just yeah. lots and lots of twists and turns in it and a, and a great performance from Moriarty. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It, it's, it's a bit of a... Um, oh, uh, what, uh, what's that? It's a bit of an inception before inception. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Dreams within dreams within dreams. This is holodecks within holodecks within holodecks. Yes, and it's it's such a brilliant episode because I always love episodes that call back to yeah. uh, previous ones because it, it just gives you that payoff for being a long-term fan. Yeah, and seeing that, I really did enjoy that, and I found I, I always found it like holy shit, he's been totally aware of the passing of time. Yes, Richard Withers said he wouldn't have been. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, sort of been, he's been sort of conscious for part of the time when he's been suspended in the computer. That's the thing. You felt nothing but empathy for Moriarty. Because he, he wasn't the evil character in the book. He'd sort of... The computer had given him some sort of real life. He just wanted life. Yeah. That's all he wanted. But then it was great in the end that they were able to... Um, they put him in that little cube, don't they? Mm-hmm. There's enough. There was enough memory in there, says to you know, to give him a, a whole lifetime, and he wouldn't actually know. That he's it. just been stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was just stuck, stuck on. Uh, he's just put on Picard's desk, and Picard says at the end, "It's just great." And he just says, um, "How do we know that all of our reality isn't just part of a, uh, you know, a little box sitting on someone's desk somewhere?" Mm-hmm. And you just think, "Oh," and you just think, "Holy shit." So, yeah. you know, had your mind blown. You're like, whoa, dude. Um, it's so true. Yeah, great episode. I think I might put that on because um, you and Paul did review, it was a while ago now, um, mm-hmm. you did review Elementary Deer Data. Yeah, And this is, a, this is a loose sequel to that. So I think I might put that on on the list for the next, uh, for the TNG episode we do next. I'll put that on the poll and people can vote. I think I might put that on there. That sounds good to me. Definitely. I, I think that's well worth a watch. Really is. So, okay. My next choice is Radix. Okay. It, it, yeah. That's the thing. It, it's not going to be one of the action-packed episodes. But this episode, I just have such a fondness for. It's just such you you go through the whole episode feeling so bad for Scotty in the yeah. sense of he's come from being this fantastic engineer he's outdated yeah he's 70 years behind yeah he's no longer any use to anybody and but still he wants to be that useful uh, officer that he was. Yeah. And he's, he's just not able to. No. No. No, not at all. And I personally think <clears throat> that the scene where he does uh, visit the Enterprise Bridge, that is just such an amazing it's nice. scene. It's nice to see, 
the, the, the Constitution class. And Picard comes in and says, oh, yes, there's one of these in the Fleet Museum. Yeah. Um, and it was, his, you know, Scotty's like, yep, yeah, this was my ship. And he's, he's just sort of wandering around, isn't he, like half half cut with that bottle of Aldebaran whiskey. Yes. Yeah. The Udniks from uh, Picard's Batch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good one, that. It's a nice one. It really is, really is. It's just one that, for me personally, I it's just one of them not feel good episodes, but it just gives me that nostalgia feel. Yeah. So yeah, I would always pick that episode. Ah, good choice. So what would you say your next one is? I've done five, haven't I? Oh wait, yeah, no, because we shared um, uh, we shared Darmok. We did share Darmok. We did share Darmok. Oh, but there's so many more I could have picked, though. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give my fifth, and if you can think of one more, then we'll both share Darmok, and you can have a extra. Okay. Okay, and my fifth was Birthright. Okay, a good Wolf episode, then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not that surprised by that. A good, solid Klingon and Romulan. Yeah, Romulans in there as well. That's a th- there seems to be a theme with our episodes. There's a lot of Romulans. Yeah. And, and an appearance in this one as well by Dr. Bashir when they visit Deep Space Nine. Yes. Yes. It's a, nice so little we, cameo there. Yeah, so we get to see uh, Bashir working with Data. And um, to be honest, it, I just loved the whole premise of this uh, Klingon crew that have been captured and uh, never released uh, by the Romulans, but had <laughs> fallen away from uh, their their own moral compass in the sense of normally you wouldn't even allow yourself to be captured. It would be you would die fighting. Yeah, yeah, under any, under any circumstance. Yeah. So, uh, and then watching Worf uh, get into that culture and liberate them as such. Yeah, and try and teach them a little bit about their own heritage as well. Yeah. And through that he learns more about himself. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good choice. That's a really, really good choice. And did you manage to come up with a fifth? Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't uh, think of this earlier. The Measure of a Man from Season 2. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant episode. And I know we've argued time and time again about whether data sentient or not, but just a great, you know, non-action, but just an emotional and just sort of what, just amazing in every yeah. way. You know, I'm a big fan of those sort of courtroom drama type movies, mm-hmm. and TV series, and it's like that in a way. But just a, a, an absolutely fantastic performance there from uh, from Brent Spiner, and I really like Jonathan Frakes in this episode as well. I think yeah. he does a really good uh, portrayal of you know he's forced into prosecuting against Data, even though he doesn't you know he says you know I'm not going to do it. I won't I won't I won't do it. Not only do I you know not only is Data my my friend, but you know, I, I don't believe that he is just a machine, but he does it anyway. And then at the end, there's that bit where they're having a party to celebrate, and Data goes in to see him and says, "You know, are you coming to the celebration?" He's like, "No, I don't deserve to be there." And he said, 
why? Because you failed. And it's like, no, because I almost succeeded. And Data says to him, you know, what you did, hurt, it hurt you, but saved me. Mm-hmm. And I won't, and I won't forget that. And Data gets the point there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. He's... He understands, which makes him sentient. But never mind. <laughs> a great episode. Love it. And of course, there is the rumours that there's going to be an extra 20 minutes of footage no, uh, on the much. season two. That would be fantastic. And I was just watching the, um, you know, when, when I watched that tre- uh, teaser preview yes. for season two on Blu-ray, and they had a little bit in there, um, and it just looked, you know, it's it's a fairly there's no act, there's no effects or anything in the episode, but just to see that bit in the courtroom, it just everything looks so sharp. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be fantastic. So. But well, one I did almost consider mm-hmm. as well, which neither of us mentioned, and I know we both like it, is conspiracy. Yeah, it never even come up. That's that's strange. Yeah, because because I said t- conspiracy is a fantastic episode. It's, really enjoy I mean, it. It's it's the it's the standout episode in season. Mm-hmm. I would say, by far the best. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I definitely agree. Though, for me personally, I tell you an episode that I was seriously considering, even though it's not the strongest episode, I was seriously considering Encounter at Farpoint. Just, just because of just because of what it is. Yeah, it, it, it's it's one of them episodes that it isn't the strongest, but it's one of the ones that I've revisited more than a lot of others. Just because it just gives that whole uh, vision of what's to come and it sets everything up. Sets everything up. Yeah. So I would, uh, I was tempted to include that. I was tempted with so many. The Offspring, mm-hmm. love that episode. Another great Data episode, love that one. Um, the Most Toys, I like that one, where Data's kidnapped by the Collector. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Shades of Grey. <laughs> Shades of Grey. Tin Man. I like yes. Tin Man. I like Captain's Holiday. Oh, I could I could probably list about fifty rather than five, mm-hmm. which are which are great. Yeah. But so so many to choose from. Yeah, very much so, very much so. But still, if we uh, if we discuss them all, we'd be here all day. We certainly would. So, I suppose we better round it up and head on over here. I thought to yourself, I'd like to listen to a Star Trek podcast. That's different. I'm ready to irradiate your existing brain cells. Oh, how about one with an English host? Gray Hot. Or a news section. Accessing library computer data. Or one that can help you navigate for the latest Star Trek news. Can anyone remember when we used to be explorers? Well, not quite. But Trek News and Views will bring you the latest news with either review or discussion from a wider variety of co-hosts. Oh my. Don't accept anything less. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Trek News and Views, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on the Trek FM website. Other similar podcasts are but to be discouraged. Now it's time for Name That Trek, the weekly quiz where you have to guess a character 
from the following audio clip. Fascinating. Yes, and it's that time once again for Name That Trek. Now, a brief introduction for anybody who isn't yet initiated into the wonderful world of Name That Trek. It's our weekly quiz where you have the chance to win a Star Trek DVD box set of your choice. So, all you have to do is each week we play you a number of clips. Our first clip would always be five characters. We uh, With them just saying a brief sentence or a few words. And you need to give us each one of them characters. For each character you get right, you get one point. So, and then if you're not doing that great on that, want to boost up your points a little bit more, we then give you a audio clip where you can name the episode. We don't require any of the characters from this episode, apart from just the episode title. So each week there are eight points up for grabs. We have a ten-week leaderboard. Uh, going on the website so keep looking at it at trekmate.org.uk and from there whoever's at the top of the board at the end of the uh, run will get a choice of whatever box set they want so uh, after explaining to you how to play there's normally only one way to uh, really clarify it for you so here is last week's clips What's the matter with you? How far did they get? And then shoved off! One by one! Welcome home. I'm not so sure this is a good idea. Long range scan, Mr. Data. Sensors find no evidence of the shuttle anywhere within the star system. It couldn't have traveled outside the system. Mr. Data, reconfigure high resolution sweep. Radius one million kilometers. Check for any debris. Scans find no debris within that radius. I don't understand it. A shuttle doesn't simply vanish. There has to be an explanation. Captain, I'm detecting an unusual reading. Okay, right then. It was my turn again to uh, to pick the clips. So, it was. How, do you, how do you think uh, you got on this week then, Wayne? I'm not going to lie to you, Mark. I Did you haven't... struggle? I haven't done that well. Oh dear. Okay. I I know I've got two. I am not sure whatsoever <laughs> about uh, the others and the episode title. Okay. Okay. All right then. Well, give me what you've got. I know McCoy's in there. Yeah, he's number one. Yeah, I know McCoy's in there, and I know the Borg Queen's in there. So, but other than that... You were stumped. Yeah, I'm not even going to try guessing because I really, I struggled this week. Okay. All right then. So the answers to last week's clips are... So first one was Dr. McCoy. Well, at least that's one point. That's from Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Mm -hmm. We have second one is Ro Laren. Okay, yeah. Third one was Liquidator Brunt. Yes. Fourth one was the Ball Queen. Good. That was quite an easy one. Welcome yeah. home. Uh, number five was Crewman Cutler from Enterprise. Yeah. Elizabeth Cutler. I had no chance there. Yeah. Yeah. No that, chance. That was a bit of a tricky one. And the episode was The Outcast. 
Which one was the outcast? The one where we played the clip from the end of last week where Riker meets that the um, alien species who where they don't have a, a, a sex. Yes, of course it was. But it was right. It was right from the beginning of the episode, so it wasn't so obvious. You just hear one of the voices there. <sighs> there, were, there were clues in obviously no, a couple of clues in last week's show. Yes. But it was. It wasn't a particularly standout bit. It was just them talking about this in the shuttle. And, yeah. So not not a particularly obvious one. No, not obvious, but in a sneaky kind of way of, we've been talking about this all episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Romulan, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, no, that's... I, but still, I hope uh, you guys manage to get some more points. I, trust me, I receive your entries. I, I know how well you guys are doing, so keep up the good work. But still, uh, hopefully, uh, I won't make <laughs> the same mistake again. I mean, I'm going to do this week's ones, Mark. So okay. Let's I see. shall look forward to that. Yeah, let's see how you can get on next week. So, here is going to be your first listen. So name these five characters. How can you ask me that? Were we together? Were we going to be? Tell me. Do I look somewhat uh, familiar to you? I can afford it. I'm just observing humanity. No objection, sir. And do you reckon you got on there, Mark? Um, yeah, I think I think I might have a few. I might have a couple, as you'd say. Yeah, you've always got a couple. Always got a couple. And I've I've proved that. If anything, two points. Two points. That's that's not a bad score, is it? No. Deux points. <laughs> so, let's see if we can help you out and clarify it a little bit more by giving you this week's second play, along with the episode that you need to name. How can you ask me that? Were we together? Were we going to be? Tell me, do I look somewhat uh, familiar to you? I can afford it. I'm just observing humanity. No objection, sir. Having fun? No. That's probably because you've been standing here by yourself. I don't understand the rules and procedures for this type of social occasion. The rules are simple. Choose a group of people. Listen to their conversation. Then, when you feel like you have something to contribute, chime in. Chime in. Say something. Join the discussion. I will try, Captain. The early stages of Guitarian development are astounding. Naomi has grown five centimeters since her last physical, and that was only three weeks ago. It seems like every time I turn around, I'm recycling her clothes back into the replicator. Children assimilated by the Borg are placed in maturation chambers for 17 cycles. Interesting. Well, if you'll excuse me, I need to go talk to Neelix. In these maturation chambers, the development of conversational skills is, I suppose, a low priority? So, did that clarify anything? I I think it might have done. 
I think I think it clarified the ones I thought I knew. The others, I'm probably going to have to stop by the website and, and play that a few more times, I think. And that's a good point. If you need to listen more than once, head on over to the Trekmate website because on there you'll be able to find Name That Trek under the competitions page. And you'll be able to find this week's clips as well as all of our previous clips. So head on over there to uh, to get your thinking cap on and build up them points. And once you've got them answers, obviously you're going to need to send them to us. There's a few ways of doing that. You can either email us at trekmate1701 at gmail.com. Or you can send us a direct message on Twitter. We are at trekmate1701 on Twitter. But remember, you can't send us a direct message unless we are following you. So if we're not following you, uh, let us know, give us a nudge, we'll follow you back, and you can send your messages over. And you can also send us a direct message via Facebook. On Facebook, we are just Trekmate. Though remember, just like Twitter, don't make it a public uh, message, otherwise you're going to be giving away them hard-earned points. You certainly are. And if you are so inclined, we are also on Skype, so you can send us a Skype voicemail. We are Trekmate on Skype. So, now that you guys are uh, thinking away, I suppose we better put Mark through his paces. Oh dear. That means it's time for this. Time for Stump the Quizmaster. Stump the Quizmaster. Stump the Quizmaster. Yes, and it's that time again for Stump the Quizmaster. Now, Mark is our resident quizmaster. He runs all of the Trek trivia stuff as well as the Trek off. So uh, each week we like to put him through his paces and see just whether the uh, Mark can put his money where his mouth is. So we always ask for you guys to send in your Stump the Quizmaster questions, and we've got some. Uh, Questions coming to you this week, Mark, from Cena and from Adam. Oh, okay. I hope they're not like the questions Cena asked me on uh, Ten Forward this week. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I wouldn't hold uh, hold out much hope. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, so who who do you want to start with first, uh, um, Cena or Adam? Uh, Cena. Cena. Okie dokie. So the first question from Cena is. The great Susie Plaxon is known for her roles as Kayla in TNG and yep. female Q in Voyager. Yes. What other two roles did she play? Oh, um, two. Mm-hmm. Apparently she appeared four times. She played Dr. Salah mm-hmm. in TNG, the Vulcan Doctor, who we never saw enough of. Um, and she played somebody else. Uh, Cena has told me that you're allowed half a point for each. Okay. So you're off of the mark already. I don't know the other one. I know she definitely played Dr. Salah, but I can't... I can't remember her in anything else. That's half a point. That's half a point. Okay. The remainder of the answer 
I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, is Tara in Enterprise. Oh, okay. It's pronounced T A. It's spelled T A R A H. So I'm assuming that's Tara. Tara or Tara or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not no. sure which episode that would have been. Oh no, I'd have to look that one up. Yeah. No. No, definitely. No. Okay. Okay. Now, Cena says, spe- speaking of Doctor Salah, she was only actually seen in one episode. Yeah, I what? know the episode. And what was it? That was the schizoid man. Very well done. Very well done. I remember being quite taken with her. Mm-hmm. Okay, ooh. That's uh, the To be honest, that's, uh, <laughs> that's totally understandable. Okay, now let's move over to Adam. Adam says, in the TNG episode, Second Chances... What is the name of the song that Riker can't play on his trumpet? Oh, second chances, second chances. I'm not even sure I can remember that episode. I mean, I, I know the title, but I can't remember what happens in it. To be honest, I'm not sure. Oh, I know the episode. It's where Thomas Riker turns up. Oh, is it? Yeah. Where he's beamed up from planet. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. The answer was Nightbird. That's a, you, you don't even feel bad about not knowing that no. one. No. Okay. It's, it's an okay episode. It's not a brilliant one, but uh, okay. Well done, Adam. Yeah, very well done. And I'll give you one more question, just to make it fair from Adam. Okay. It's a long one. Do you have to write this down? Pay attention. In the Deep Space Nine episode, Civil Defense, the station's computer triggers an old security protocol and activates a counter-insurgency program, which eventually causes a maximum intensity disruptor to appear in the ops food replicator and start firing at high rates throughout ops. Mm -hmm. Ducat beams aboard DS9 and orders what food item from the replicator. <laughs> right, is he going to order some Cardassian food? Uh, As Adam says, a long question I know, but I thought background may help. <laughs> He's going to order some Cardassian food. So, Canar was the drink. Plus, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he would have said drink, not because that's drink, not food. I think... I think Kanawa's fish juice, isn't it? Something like that. Mm. Something like that. But uh, to be honest, yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, I was going to help, but no, I won't. No. Uh. Um. So they have yamak sauce, but I imagine you wouldn't have yamak sauce on its own. Uh. I remember Taspar eggs from. Uh. When Picard is kidnapped by the mm-hmm. Cardassian guy. Um, what other Cardassian foods are there? It's a good episode, this. It is a very good episode. I think it was one of Matt's uh, Desert Island Trek episodes, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Excellent. I think so. The, the, the thing is, it, it's questions like this that always trip you up. 
because you have to have just watched it recently. So yeah. Really... yeah. Um, Cardassian food. I can't. Remember. I'm going to go for a Taspar egg because I can't really remember that many Cardassian foods. Stump, 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 the quizmaster. Ooh. Okay. This is quite a fitting answer considering uh, where you work, Mark. It is red leaf tea. Well, that's not a food, that's a drink. I wouldn't have got it, but that was a drink. If it said drink, actually, I probably would have just gone for canar. I probably wouldn't have gone for red leaf tea, almost certainly. So, despite Adam's uh, discrepancies, uh, I got, I he's he said, forgiven. If he'd said drink, I would have gone straight for canar. Okay, yeah, no, so that's it. Uh, that's one and a half points. Okay. One and a half points so far, so no, not too shabby. Not too shabby at all, Mark. Now, everyone who's been listening recently would know that Mark's got a, a new challenge at the end of Stump the Quizmaster. And that is thanks to uh, our good friend Matt Warwick. Uh, and in that challenge, Mark has to name a uh, episode simply by listening to a piece of its score. It, how have you been finding this so far, Mark? Do you know what your score is? Uh, I haven't been. I haven't been keeping score. I think I've probably lost more than I've had. Although it's fairly close, I would guess I've probably got about forty percent. Maybe if you're keeping score, Matt. You let us know, and then we'll keep score from now on, so we don't have to go back and work it all out. But I did, I did quite well a few weeks ago. I got two in a row, and then I didn't get last week's, but really kicked myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, let's see how we get on. Yeah, definitely. So Mark, I would like you to choose a number from one to seven. Uh, four, please. One, two, three, four. Here it comes. Okey-dokey, then. Um, it's lucky these are all from TNG, isn't it? TNG being my series, but they're still tricky, aren't they? That's the thing. None of them are that easy. Yeah. I... I'm going to take a guess. It's a fairly... I'm Not 100%. I'm fairly confident which probably means I'm completely wrong, but I'm going to go for Booby Trap. Are you sure? Oh, I hate it when you do that. <laughs> um, I, I'm only trying to uh, ask you to like just reevaluate, make sure that that is your final answer. Yeah, I'm going to go for booby trap. Okay, then. The answer. Stump, 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 st
one episode. Ah. Oh. Shit. Okay. It was... No, no, no. Don't give me the point if I get it, because you've given me a clue. Okay. Um, is it Lonely Among Us? Stop, 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 the quiz master. Woo! It was... The Neutral Zone. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was the bit in Booby Trap where they're sort of navigating their way out of the asteroid field. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, the track was entitled Romulan Encounter, and the description is the crew searches for the cloaked Romulan ship while... Uh, while Ralph finds his way onto the main bridge, the episode yeah. marks the first time you hear Ron's Romulan theme. Uh, it is in all the Romulan-centric episodes that uh, this guy scored. So, just to clarify it for you, Mark, here's how the piece fitted in with the episode. I appreciate your advice and concern. This is not the time for rash actions. You're still investigating. There are three other stations in this sector we have to visit. Let's proceed in a calm and orderly manner. If not battle stations, may we at least take the ship to Yellow Alert? Yes, number one, that would be prudent. Make it so. All decks, Yellow Alert. Oh, it's always so easy when you hear it back, isn't it? it? That's the thing. When you know the answers, it's a piece of piss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. That's another one I'm... Uh... But <sighs> still, one and a half points, it's better than nothing. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's forgivable. You've done well. Trust me, you've put my normal record to shame. Okay. And with that... That means it's time for this. Time for the Trek Off. Yes, and it's that time of the week. It's time for the Trek Off. Now, as everyone knows, here at Trekmate, we love to play games. We do indeed. And if you love to play games too, then head on over to our website and play our Trek Trivia Quiz. The Trek Off, powered by the Trekmate website. Okay, Wayne, it's you against you, so there's a reasonable chance that you might win. I won't pull it past me, though. (laughs) Nothing's dead set. It's not, it's not. So, uh, in line with the topic of the week, I've got some sort of fairly random uh, TNG questions. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Here goes. What do we see for the first time on Worf's 10th anniversary of his Age of Ascension? We see it for the first time. Yeah, we see something for the first time on the the 10th anniversary of his Age of Ascension. Okay, I'm not sure when this episode would have been season-wise. I'm thinking, if it's something that we see for the first time, it's something that we're going to be seeing regularly. So it's probably going to be sank in his quarters. And for logic's sake, I'm just going to guess that it's the Batman. Ha <laughs> you think it? No. No? No, I was going for pain sticks. Oh. First time we see Klingon pain sticks. Because 
yes, Wes- Wesley, Wesley, found, Wesley works out why Wolf's in a grumpy mood, and it's because it's, it's the 10th anniversary of his Age of Ascension, and he should spend it with other Klingons. Yes. So they work out the thing where he has the pain sticks on the holiday. And they all stab him with them, yeah. 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 Oh, bloody of course it is. I thought you, I thought you would have got that one. Oh, that's season two, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, oh. If I'd been a little bit quicker with my rewatch. Yeah, you'd be there. <laughs> okay, then. Can you name Tashi Yar's sister? No. I, I haven't got a clue. I obviously didn't pay attention during season one. Um, Salah? It's not season one. Oh, is it not? Yeah. Oh, okay. They, may, they meet her later, after Tasha's died. When they visit Tasha's home planet, and her sister comes on board the ship. Yes. Because then it's just very obvious why Tasha had such a hard life. Mm, yeah. I haven't got a clue. Salah. I'm gone. I don't know. <laughs> you think it? Her name was Ishara. 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 Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be anything stereotypical, sort of human sort of name. Yeah. Yeah. No, still. Oh, well. Never never mind. Uh, in which episode was the Deanna disguised as a Romulan? Face of the enemy. Face of the enemy is correct. Hey. Doing you a little bit of research. We were talking about, obviously, episodes and Romulans and, yeah. It's a good one, that. It's obviously where the uh, there's a human who defected to the Romulan side comes aboard the ship and he's arrested for treason, but then they're, they're going to try and bring some Romulan defectors across and she's disguised as a Romulan. It's not a bad Deanna yeah. episode, actually. You know, I was talking about Deanna earlier. And, uh, and how no. she didn't live up to expectation. But yeah, yeah. no, she, she really shone in this yeah. one. Yeah, she did really well in this episode. Oh, no, excellent. Oh, well, that's forgivable. Uh, considering my previous yeah, not a bad performance. attempts. No, not at all. Not at all. Ah, cool. So, thank you everyone for listening. And that's track, mate. Captain's log, stardate 41153.7. Our destination is planet Deneb 4, beyond which lies the great unexplored mass of the galaxy. USS Enterprise. Hey! Get off hey! my bridge! Hey! 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 Red alert! Hey! All crew to battle stations!
there's a new crew in town So don't you mess around Cause we're TNG On Saturday night TNG We're out of sight TNG Brand new enterprise TNG What a great surprise